What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We have our final installation of our coverage of 2022 IPF Worlds. Solana, Steve, and I give our hot takes, predictions, previews, analysis for the 59-kilo men's all the way to the super heavies. This has been very fun to record. This is one of the more anticipated meets of the year. USAPL Mega Nats and IPF Worlds happening within the same week, so we have a lot of powerlifting to watch and doing these previews gets me excited for it gets the athletes excited for it and also the viewers the fans the spectators excited for it as well because we're going to have one hell of an ipf world so very fun episode to record we're going to have one more episode relating to ipf worlds and usapl mega nats to get you guys into that week keep the hype going keep the interest going um the hardest working podcast in the game doesn't stop working Steve, Solana, and I have been working really hard. Solana's got her own podcast, The Power and Lifting, where she has been recording a ton of really great interviews with a lot of the female competitors in IPF Worlds and USAPL Mega Nats. Definitely check that out. Steve and I have been, you know, busy with coaching and competing. On top of that, Solana's also competing. She's like the hardest working woman in powerlifting right now. We're working hard. We're giving you comprehensive episodes as well no just one hour here and there and just reading off of the uh the uh the nominated totals we actually give some uh, analysis in there so apparently that's not common in power uh, podcasting before you start listening to this episode make sure you subscribe on apple Podcasts on spotify leave a five-star rating on both leave a review on apple Podcasts. subscribe on twilights.com and also we have a youtube channel unfortunately we cannot get this episode onto youtube but subscribe to it anyway because we will have more episodes of Two White Lights being released on YouTube. And without further ado, here it is, Two White Lights. Oh, baby, I like it, bro. And as promised, we are here to give our final preview of the preview-a-thon on Two White Lights of IPF World's Male lifters, I got Solana, Lewis, and Steve Denobi with me. How are you two holding up? We had a big break in the recording world, but when you guys get the podcast, it's not a big break. It's going to be uh, a day break in between. But, Steve, how are you holding up with all this? And, by the way, we were very close to wearing the same thing to recording today. Uh, this is a custom Denobi one. You do not have this. Okay, so uh, for those listening, and this will not be on YouTube, unfortunately, uh, for those listening, Steve just showed off a custom-made Chicago Bulls jersey. And usually when you have your last name... I did not buy jersey, it for myself. I'm, yeah, good. Okay, all right. It better have it been It was gifted. a gift good. for my 32nd birthday, which is why it says 32. From all of my athletes, they all pitched in and bought it for me. So, no, I did not... I do have one I bought for myself. That is a custom Steve Kerr jersey. That's awesome. Everyone thinks it's Jimmy Butler until they see the back and they realize it's actually the GOAT. The real, yeah, the real goat. Uh, yeah, good. Because if you have a self, if you have your own name on a jersey and you bought it yourself, that is like <laughs> the worst 
fu- that is the worst move of all time. Like you just look at that guy like, whoa. Even I, if you were I a also kid, don't wear this one in public. I'll wear the Steve Kerr one in public. I won't wear this one in public because no, I'm I'm not gonna wear my name on a jersey in public. That's a good idea. Solana, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I am starting to feel podcasted out, but it's okay. Yeah, you've been way busier. You've been busier than actually Steve and I, because we've just been doing this preview stuff. You've been doing the interviews on top of the preview stuff. I have, but it's worth it. I've had some pretty fun interviews, so I'm excited. It's okay. I'm more just not even podcasted out. I'm just power lifted out. Nationals <laughs> needs to happen. I mean, just the fact of the matter is, on the coaching side, this is a very, very stressful time. There's a lot going on. There's never a time during the entire year I, year I will have more people compete on the same weekend, let alone the extent of the competition. So, um, yes, I am ready to get this over. Let, let's get there and, and do the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I'm the I'm, I guess I'm the opposite where I'm kind of like getting really zoned in on the competition uh, going into like the last week of training where I'm looking forward more to it. Every session becomes more important. I know the lifters we're going to talk about today and the lifters we talked about in the past are probably going through the same thing. So let's start IPF worlds, the men's side. There is a ton of great, great matchups from 59 kilos all the way to the super heavies. So let's start with the 59 kilos. Um, Steve, what do you see out of this division? So, there's a very uh, big name missing, yes. Sergey Fedosenko, because no Russian lifters are allowed to lift this year. Um, I mean, I don't know how many years in a row he's won it, but I mean, it's pretty much just like a given every year he wins. Like, it's, it's not even like a thing we talk about. He's going to win it. Um, that's, that's given more than almost Taylor Atwood winning the 74s. Like, Sergey is going to win 59s. He's the greatest 59 lifter ever because 59 is not a class a lot of people fit into nor can stay into. But if you see Sergey, he's obviously um, a very short person uh, and therefore is able to make this class it, it's perfectly. It works well for him. But he's not here. So it does open the door. But with that being said, I do think there's probably a fairly heavy favorite in Franklin, Franklin Leone. Um, he has done this class before. I think he's gotten second to Sergey a couple times. Franklin is a bit more of an equipped lifter, though, which he probably goes and gets second to Sergey and equipped as well because Sergey wins equipped and raw every single time, and he just dominates his weight class. Uh, but, yeah, Franklin is coming in. He in December. Um, his nominated total is almost – 70 pounds over second place, which considering the fact that we're talking about 12 to 1300 pound totals, 70 pounds is a, is a ton. That's like, if we're talking like the, the heavier weight classes for men, that could be a 150 pound total increase. So Franklin is the very obvious favorite. He's been competing a long time and he mainly competes equipped. So I don't really expect like him to do anything new. Like it's not like he's like hitting major PRs. Um, I don't really think he was posting too much on his training and his training. I think I did see was mainly equipped. Um, so, I mean, I, I see him coming in and probably matching his best total of 13, 17. And if he does that, he's probably going to win by somewhere between 40 to 50 pounds, uh, 20 to 25 kilos. And I, I don't see that changing because he's an experienced competitor. I don't really think there's a wild card aspect there. Everyone's traveling, uh, which I'll say it here. Um, to get it out of the way. We're going to talk a lot about travel because everyone has to travel this time. Uh, we mentioned on our women's episode too. The fact is the matter that there's unlike other years where sometimes someone somewhere has a home field advantage. Um, and even if you don't have a home field advantage, if you're in Europe or if it's in North America, there's still countries that are close vicinity. No one has a home field advantage here that is at least in the running. We talked, I think last time uh, Solana found eight South African lifters 
I yes. believe. So we, we do have power lifters in South Africa. Uh, I may have offended them by saying we, they, there are none, but uh, none of them are in the running to actually place. So for the people who are actually looking to place top three and to medal, um, everyone's traveling. Everyone's going to have to deal with that. All right. What do you think about this, Solana? All right. So I agree with Steve. Like looking at the numbers, I was proud of them. And Franklin should win by like, I have money by like maybe like 70 pounds actually. Um, and then we have like a little bit of a battle for a second. Here we go. Takaharu Ibihara. I think so you nailed. I think you nailed it. <laughs> I mean, I, I think <laughs> I'm looking at the name. I don't think you could pronounce it any differently. Takaharu, uh, Takaharu Ibihara. Like, right? That's how it's spelled. Okay, I should say it more confidence. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so um, he has not competed since 2019 that I saw. And he does tend to, like, not do as well on the IPF stage. Like, you see a dip every time he goes to IPF. But at the end of the day, like, even if he just hits his best total, uh, which was 1234, um, he can be in the battle with Antoine Garcia. Antoine just competed in March. He went eight for nine. They look like full-blown, like, RPE 10s. Uh, bench, maybe he could squeeze out a little more on the bench press. Um, but I have him, he went in with a 1249 total. I have him hitting like 1255. Takaharu, if he matches, he, so I think he can at least match 1234. However, if he can bump it up a little bit, because he competed in two years. So if he bumps it up a little bit, he could definitely be in a run for second place. And then we have Zafari. He's pretty far behind. So looking like about the only, a second. The only thing I'll say though, cause I, I think to me, I have Antoine solidly in second. And the reason why is, uh, Something we'll talk about too is possible fake nominations. I don't know if Takahara's nomination is real. Um, he has a 1259 nominated total. Um, he's never hit that, um, at least according to open powerlifting. And oddly, I've never even seen this in open powerlifting. It says he did a meet last February 2021, but there are zero numbers. Like he just didn't show up for the meet. It's not like he like missed and bombed out. Like it's like there's, there's nothing there. I don't, maybe they just didn't input it correctly. And that's the meat he did, but at least from anything we can see, we don't have any proof of that nomination. Now he is a Japanese lifter. And I don't believe that they're a country that typically tries to put in fake nominations. It no. tends to be more like the Algerias and some of the, the middle Eastern countries that honestly are somewhat suspect if they're even following IPF rules, since they don't actually test their lifters. Um, so I believe it's real. So therefore I think he's, I think he's solidly in that battle for second or third, but just for the fact, I mean, we're looking at Antoine Garcia. Um, I have him like 1271, maybe he can maybe improve a little bit over his total. He did in February um, because in the gym, it looks like, I think he hit 473, 269 and 528, which is all about five to 10 pounds over what he did in the meet. So maybe he's been able to make a little bit of progress, but he's going to do it on meet day. But yeah, since we can't say anything about Takaharo, we don't have any proof of that nominated total. For me, I already said it, Franklin's first. I got Antoine second because at least I have proof his total's real. And then Takaharu, just for the fact that, I mean, at, at minimum, he's hit a 1234 total back in the day, but his most recent total was 1185. I'll have him in third. Yeah. How do people put in fake nominations? Like, how does that work? Just put uh, The same way you can get into the Arnold with a 270 dot score. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. That's pretty, that's the easiest way of putting it, I guess. Um, and that's my favorite game to play when we do IPF Worlds previews. Is this total real? Do we have an actual real total? Or the other one, is this lifter tested? Has this lifter been tested consistently? 
Um, if it comes from a certain country or certain countries, then there's a good chance that, uh, no, they haven't been tested. But in this weight class, if you look, I mean, the numbers kind of speak for themselves with Franklin. He has a big lead. And then Anton is a guy who I've seen more. I've seen more of. You can see his total. You can see you. If you see the total, if you can scout, you're just more confident with picking that person. Takaru, I have no information on. I don't really see a whole lot. And it's a difficult thing to, even if you have access to video footage of what they're doing, it's really hard to just still predict them on meet day. Like, this is, when we do IPF Worlds, I mean, there's a few that we have really good information on. There's a few weight classes that I have little to no information on, and that's it. Even if you... These guys could, like, I'm not saying specifically for this weight class. These guys could be, like, 10 kilos over their weight class, and I would have no idea. You can't tell based on what they're doing in the gym. So this weight class for me, I guess I'll give my prediction first. Pretty straightforward. Franklin, Anton, and Takaharu. I mirror that, and I think Solana's going to say the same. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I mean, yeah. I mean, this weight class, the fact, at least we had more than two lifters this year. Yeah. Very true. That, that's a benefit. We have more than two lifters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the next so. weight class definitely is going to have something to talk about here. 66 kilos, which I think early on when we knew about this weight class, this was one of the more talked about weight classes because there's going to be a definite battle for first and a definite battle for all the podium positions. So Eddie Berglund, Bonnie Utis, Joe Jordan, Keota, and Jonathan Garcia, a very nice lineup of 66 kilo lifters. Yeah, I'm going to throw out a hot take. I don't think first is competitive. I think I'm, now anything can happen. Yeah, but that's more. If I we mean, were taking original, if we were taking original nominations and where people were during nominations. It was going to be a crazy good battle. Uh, I think in large part between Pana and Joe. Since then, I think Joe's a heavy favorite. I think Pana. I believe he got injured. I think he's good now, but it doesn't seem like he is 100 back, especially press um and joe has taken it to another level and is doing things that are well above what he did leading in the pa nationals pa nationals that he didn't even do the tank so i I mean i have so much respect for pana i love him but it's just the fact that joe is doing things that i have him as a heavy favorite now i i it it would be more uh I, i very much think he is going to be the one to beat versus before i couldn't have told you confidently uh, as well as obviously we have eddie berlin but I think he's kind of got a semi fake total, like that his nominated totals from, he did like a 74 kilo uh, meet. He did do a 66 kilo meet in total 1538, which is definitely better than he did at IPF worlds last year. But we see it every single time at IPF worlds. He I has issues with his bench. I can't trust him. I cannot trust him to hit any numbers no. on the platform at all. He's like the guy I cannot put any stock in at the same time. He could possibly get into a, a, a podium position but if you were telling me, like, this is what a nominated total is, I'm like, I'm picking Joe Jordan and Bonnie Otis 10 times out of 10 over Eddie just because of how he lifts on the platform. I'm just, uh, just a guy that I can't really uh, trust to hit lifts. I agree with that. Like, when I looked at Eddie, I was looking through his bench numbers. I was like, ooh, okay. So anywhere from 300 to 446, we'll see. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I was high on him last – I think I picked him to win last year, and you picked Pana, and I won't make that mistake again because it wasn't close. I mean, I'm Eddie just ha- – I mean, now I think they're – I think Eddie is in a better spot than last year because last year it seemed like he was training a lot of weightlifting. It wasn't really powerlifting. 
I think he's back more into powerlifting, but what scares me more than anything is what he weighed at his last meet. It, mm. it was a decent amount. He's got to cut a nice amount of weight to make it to that weight class. And the fact that he's going to have to travel and it's not, he was in Sweden in his home country last year and had issues, let alone having to travel to South Africa. So that that's where for me, I mean, we also have Kyoto Yushiyama and Jonathan Garcia. Um, I think they could sneakily be second if Pana misses, but I really think Joe, I mean, Joe just deadlifted 650. He hit 617, and it wasn't that hard. And now it was a straps, but I honestly, I, from what I know, I don't think straps is a big, I think that was more for like hand care. I don't think it's like a, he has a grip issue, and I worry about that. He hit 617 at PA Nats, and he just deadlifted 650. So let's say I give him 644. That alone right there already gives him 15 kilos over Panna's best total. Mm-hmm. Or, or at least last total. I, I don't know. And that, that that's only that lift. His bench is going well. His squ- he hasn't really posted any squats that like say, I mean, he squatted 528 for three at like an eight, eight and a half RPE. I mean, that doesn't really tell me his top end, but it's just everything he about did. his training tells me. Maybe did he post something more recent? Well, I have written down 562 for a tough single. Okay. Maybe that's a bit more recent. Was it pretty easy? Uh, no, I put tough. So that means it was hard. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, 562 is where I have him because he hit 551. I put him at 562 is what I thought he might have based off some of his lifts. Either way, I think Joe is going to be the one to beat. Um, you never can pound it out because he's a gamer. But there's been two big issues. Is One, something I think is wrong with it is up with his bench, whether it's an injury or whatnot, because he hit 352 and it was an all-out grinder. And his last meet, he, or his best meet he did was three. he hit 375. So that's... 10 kilos under in an all-out grinder. Does that really so, even tell you anything about Pana? Because every single lift that he ever does takes three years off his life. It, it, it is, but I don't know if he can grind out another 10 kilos. I don't – And then that, – That's my big thing with Pana. I, I don't know if he could just add kilos to his best total. Like, I'm, I'm confident he could hit his best total. I don't think he could add kilos onto it, which I think in this battle he has to. I'm, I'm having him add – a bit to his squat and his deadlift. His squat does look like it's stronger. Deadlift looks good, kind of. I, I think the injury has to do something with his lockout because he's not locking out his deadlifts. Yeah, he's soft. stopping yeah, short of all that. his deadlifts. A lot of them now I'm sure on meet day he can just lock it out. He'll just finish it. Maybe he's just stopping for a load management and, and stopping at the pain level. But that's been a very obvious thing that he's not locking out his deadlifts. So. It, it again, all, all of those factors lead me to the fact that everything's clicking for Joe. Pan is hitting a little bit of a, a, a struggle area here. I think Pana can hit that 1543 to 1550 range, but I, I, I don't think that's enough. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree with you. Like, John, um, sorry, Joe looks excellent in training. He's never traveled to compete before. I still have faith in him though, because like his training is just looking excellent. But of course, you have Pana who has really a lot of experience competing on that platforms that's always an advantage but i'm, I'm I, I i don't believe pana's really traveled either though because again i'm going back to the fact that when we have these meets in europe that's just like traveling cross cross country in the united states that's like has, Joe going to usbi he has sweden right that's yeah but is, is france to no, sweden isn't no i'm not saying no no i'm i'm, I'm speaking to your point he's got sweden yeah. like this and a guy like him he's along with that entire team big weight cut you know, going to South Africa, mm-hmm. like, actually, if I'm going Joe Jordan onto the travel thing, talk to him recently. I wanted to actually get him on the show. Reason why he can't come on the show, he's changing his schedule to hit South African time. 
He's doing everything he needs to in order to feel the best he can to compete. Joe Jordan, just from the conversations and what I'm seeing of him, is dialed in, and he is, I, I think, the most fo- the most focused right now of every lifter. And that's not saying none of the lifters are focused. He seems to have taken his mentality to another level in competing at IPF Worlds. Um, I, cause I, I mean, if it comes to the travel game too, right now, I just trust Joe Jordan. Cause he's a goddamn robot seemingly right now. He's just fucking killing it. And, and another reason I think Joe is going to probably, I think he's going to win is because I think Pana is going to have to play defense. Um, I've got him at 1540 and I've got Kyoto and Jonathan at 1530. If Pana tries to go and beat Joe, he might risk losing and not even placing top three and Kyoto and Jonathan sneak in. Um, and we said Jonathan at PA Nats, um, he definitely left some in the tank. He really didn't put everything out there because he didn't need to. He, he won pretty handily. He missed a few now, lifts, though. I, did, I think he missed, he missed his bench. He did. It, so bench was a little bit more all out. Squat, he missed the lift yeah, he missed- on depth. It wasn't hard, but I will say even his second attempt at 573, I think it was, I don't think I was like sold on depth. I think he needs to go a little deeper. I, I, for, I forget he hit he, uh oh yeah hit 589 on his third, but that was definitely high. I honestly think based off of the the speed he hit that at, he probably could go to depth with that and and hit it. Now weight cut, we'll see. Or I mean travel plus a weight cut, we'll see. I got him at 585, 381 bench. That bench was hard. Let's keep it right there. And then deadlift, he definitely sandbagged. Like he didn't need much to beat Rodrigo. So he sandbagged. Now he does have issues though. He has has consistent issues hitting third attempt deadlifts off grip, but giving him his best, he hit 562. If I give him that plus the 585 squat and 381 bench, that's 1531. That's only 12 pounds behind what Pana's coming in at. All right. Finish your thoughts. Yeah. Finish your thoughts line. I think we interrupted you though. That thought is so far gone. (laughs) It's okay though. All I have to say now is, yeah, I'm excited to see like obviously Joe and Panic go at it, and then I want to see who gets third. Like I want to see what Eddie does. Like can he actually <laughs> hit some lifts? Because I know we're talking a lot about Coyota and Jonathan because they're more consistent. But like if Eddie can hit some decent lifts, he can also sneak in and get second or third place. Yeah, I wouldn't put him in the same conversation as Blake LeHue, but he has Blake LeHue tendencies where it could be a bomb out or a fantastic meet where he gets second. I don't think I am confident of saying like, oh, he's got the numbers that could possibly get first. He he does. I don't think he really could stick with Ponar Joe. But very good point that you uh, made, Steve, is Ponar playing defense. That's going to be big because, and this is a big thing with all these uh, competitors at IPF Worlds and even Mega Nationals, you are going to have to hit lifts to stay in the competition, and your second attempt is going to be dictated based off that as well. Um, a, a, a point I want to bring up, just like this to bring an example, was for me at the Grand Prix, people were asking, why did you take 744 for your second attempt? Why don't you take something lighter? in order to conserve energy for your third attempt, it's like, well, 744 wrapped up third place for me. This is very similar in this situation. You have to take a second attempt just to make sure you get third. Then it possibly puts you out of position to win. Um, Joe Jordan, though, I actually have him currently as my breakout star of this year. Joe has came onto the scene, USVI Nationals. He absolutely murdered it. And he right now is 
I think, the favorite to win. And if he wins IPF Worlds, I might just give him the title as breakout star of the year because not a whole lot of people are talking about Joe Jordan at the beginning of the year. And I think right now, as far as 66 kilos, and if you look at the grand scheme of IPF or grand scheme of IPF Worlds, a lot of people are talking about Joe Jordan. High praise. He is a well-polished, fantastic lifter. And as of right now, I am really high on him. He's got to win, though, still. Um, that's going to be the that's going to be the big thing, you know. I mean, you're not really the breakout star if you don't win that competition. Uh, you know, USVI Nationals isn't that big monumental meet at like a certain other national meets are, like USAPL Nationals. So he needs this one. He needs this one to really cement that. But it's it's going to be fun. I mean, you're you're I I, I Paniutis is still one of the more entertaining lifters to watch, and he is not going to. I don't think he's going to fold. I think he's going to still give his best effort, and Joe Jordan is going to have to execute lifts. And uh, and for so, third place as well, I want to get into like the other ones. Uh, Jonathan Garcia, I think he's close to really figuring it out. Like I think every meet he misses a lift or two, and it really sets him back. I know USAPL Nationals last year was not good. He seemed... I, he, he seemed a little off at that meet as far as his execution goes, and it kind of was very clear early on that Daniel Clements was going to have that victory. Um, Jonathan Garcia, I think, has that time where I think we could see that repeat of that Arnold performance. I really want to see him go 9-for-9. Nine nine. He gets a lot of these really great totals and not going 9-for-9. Nine nine. He goes 9-for-9. Nine nine. I, really, I really am confident with him in third place, um, but he has to do it, and this is not an easy meet to go 9-for-9 nine nine in. South Africa, IPF Worlds. Not an easy meet. Yeah, and a big wild card is Kyoto or Kyoto. Um, maybe Japan, maybe Japan is doing fake nominations because his I don't see existing either. He put in a 1490 total as the nominated total. Um, his last meet was in like 2019 was 1284. So <laughs> I, I don't maybe. Japanese Federation is not submitting their meets. I don't know what's going on, but these things are weird. But his numbers in the gym do indicate he could do that. Albeit, I think I, he, so. He did 539, 396, 628 on May 10th, but there are pound plates for deadlift, iffy depth on squat. It, it, it's kind of a wild card. Like, I, I'm more confident for many reasons than saying Jonathan Garcia. I mean, one, just for the fact that we've seen him compete and know him. Um, I like, and then Eddie, I just, there's, I just, I, I can't bet for him again because it's just too many mislifts and issues when it comes to worlds and the fact that i saw his body weight at 155 at his last meet scares me a lot but kyota could be the one that like is like a complete wild card and could come in and do something and could get second place and no one was even expecting it or he can put up a 1284 total like his last meet was i have no idea it could it could be a lot of different things he's he's a big wild card for me um but that's also why i mean if i'm if if the third is what we're really talking about here is like i mean between eddie kyoto and jonathan the one I'm most confident in that can actually do like a 1530 total when I've all got them pretty much at the same spot is Jonathan. I, 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 I have more confidence there as well as the fact he's going to have his coach, Arian, I believe. Um, so, and Arian's got a lot of experience on the world stage. So I, I, is I like Jonathan for that third spot. I, I actually, I'm going to have to see on that. I, I do not know if Arian's going to be there. He is because he's handling chance Mitchell. Oh, he is. Interesting. He, I thought, he got Matt Gary to handle him. Well, Matt Gary would have to be a Nationals. Chance, chance. I'll read it. Chance today. 
Well, I mean, Matt Gary not being a Nationals would be big for a lot of people, right? I mean, I guess we should have got confirmation about this. He's he's helping handle me. So maybe someone else is helping too. Matt Gary's going to be at Raw Nationals. He's not going to be okay. at the Worlds. Exactly. I mean, I think he would have I already more. Knew that. Yeah, we would, he would have more lifters domestically. Um, but yeah, he said that on Chance's podcast, Matt said he's going to Vegas. So yeah, Arian's helping handle Chance. So he's going to be there. And so Arian, I assume, obviously, is going to help to handle Jonathan. Interesting. Okay. I'm just, well, I mean, okay. this is this is, is the, I think we talked about it, or I think Solana brought it up where the split between some of the coaches that from you from mega nationals to this, like, I don't know what you would do within this week. I would say probably mega nationals because you probably have more lifters, but you know, possibly want to really be there for your lifters who are competing internationally, which is incredibly difficult to do. So I guess we'll see the, I mean, it's probably already announced uh, who's doing what. All right. Are we ready for predictions or is there any uh, other analysis you want to shed on the 66 kilo lifters? All right, if you're ready, you can start, Solana. I'm starting. Okay. I'm giving Joe Jordan first place. I'm giving Panna second. And then I'm just going to go with Jonathan Garcia just because I know most about him as opposed to our lifters. Okay. All right. I'm going to be extremely uh, different and choose the same thing. Okay. I, you guys suck. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm going to have Joe Jordan uh, first, Bonnie UT second. Um, Joe Jordan, I'm going to count that win for America. I know it's against the rules, but I'm going to do it anyways. Uh, Third place, I mean, the one is actually representing America is Jonathan Garcia. I'm trying to have all the Americans in the top three. I got to put Jonathan Garcia up there. I think think with this, us mirroring it, like, we – there's a good chance that third place might be wrong here, but – yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Jonathan Garcia uh, third. Hopefully he can bring home uh, a medal to America. But um, that battle, I think, with Joe Jordan and Pana Utis is going to be uh, one of the highlights in IPF Worlds. All right. I agree. 74 kilos. Blake Barrett, right? Just right off the bat, Blake Barrett got, got to <laughs> yeah. be number one on our list. The little Hebrew who could. Blake Barrett, number one. I don't see anyone else who could possibly even contend. I'm so excited to see Taylor Atwood again. (laughs) (laughs) Who's that? Taylor Atwood. Oh, all right. So he's good, apparently. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Blake, we kept on on as long as we could, but Solana just couldn't even take it seriously enough. Taylor Atwood is competing at IPF Worlds. Taylor Atwood is the best power lifter in the world, debatably. Definitely the best powerlifter in the world on the tested side of things. Um, there's not much you can say about him. That's already been said. 99 lifter or 99 overall lifter rating on two white lights. A coveted, coveted title that is probably number one on his list. But hurt Taylor Atwood still, I think, wins by 40 kilos. I mean, that's 100%. undershooting it. I think hurt Taylor Atwood still wins by like 70 to 80 kilos. I mean, I've got him still, I've got a, a subpar because, well, let's frame this. Maybe we're wrong, but I think, do we all agree that we still think there might be based on what we're saying that Taylor might still not be a hundred percent. squat and deadlift. I mean, we okay. know, we know what happens when he's a hundred percent though. You can see it like when he's hundred percent, you could kind of see 
just to list me more smooth because everything really looks like an RP7 for him. Like, every lift looks like an RP7. When he, like, when he's on his game, it's the weight's a little bit heavier and it looks a little bit easier. And then when he's 100%, he's totaling numbers that we didn't think imaginable. We thought 800 kilos was impossible for 74 kilos, and he totals 38 and a half keys over that. Like, that's what happens when he's 100%. 100% no one in the world is beating Taylor Atwood. In the world, best overall, and he still might win best overall lifter if he has some par performance. He's that damn good. Yeah, the big tell for me was he post he made a post like a week or so ago that he, he squatted 518 for three and said it was a big win today. And then his coach posted it about how it was a big win. 518 for three is not a big win for Taylor Atwood, barring that something was wrong. Either way, I think I, I think every I mean if people aren't paying attention, they're probably like, I wonder if he can go 840 plus, because that was kind of like the the thing. Like, can he like could he beat Russ's total from last year, the 843? Because in reality, if he that bench he didn't jump that press command, he, he may have. I don't think that's gonna be the goal. Um I, I think he very well, like he even looked like at PA Nationals that like he probably could go 800 kilos, like even hurt. Like the the so I think he probably will go like 800 kilos. It won't be like the performance we, we, we hope for in the sense of like something ridiculous. Maybe we're wrong, but if he goes 800 kilos, if he even goes like 760 kilos, he, he wins easily. It won't really be a competition. It is a, it is a pretty thick battle though. After him, six people, five people, five to six, that could possibly be in second to third. And a lot of them have a lot of question marks. A lot of them, I don't even know if they exist. Fong <laughs> Chang to Chap from Cameroon, I think it was. Uh, he was. He's actually the highest nominated total right now. He was nominated as an 83. Now he's nominated as a 74 and his nominated total 750. I have no proof he's competed since like 2017. And Cameroon is one of those places that I would say uh, may put in fake nominations. So I have no idea about him. So because of that, I'm probably not, I'm not making any predictions, nor do I think that 750 total is carrying over, especially since that's what he put in as an 83. But after Taylor, we got Yakov Ayanen, Leonardo Sakitra, Paul Rimbaud, tell me the French pronunciation. I, I believe it's Rimbaud. Rimbaud? Yeah, he goes by go. Rambo, though. Are, Paul Rambo. Yeah, Rambo. Alexander Erickson, the, the legend from last year, and then the beyond legend, possibly the God, Blake Barrett, <laughs> yep. which Blake Barrett has a fairly low nominated total too. And it's probably getting overlooked to an extent, but it's because he, he didn't have a very good meet at that, that, that day. Um, which is well, one of the things that Blake has had issues <laughs> Blake with. Blake Barrett meat day. has a lot of bad meat. He's got to, he's got to not do that anymore for, for <laughs> him to, to climb up the rankings because there was a point where in his training where everything was, the, the strides Blake Barrett has made has been fantastic. And he has, like, glimpses of, holy shit, this is a legit 74-kilo total. And we talked about it with Mega Nationals, and now the shadow that Taylor Atwood and Austin Perkins have put on this division is ridiculous. We, we're talking about almost, like, the like unreachable totals, and if you get within 10 kilos of it, you are one of the best overall lifters in the world. Blake Barrett looked like he was on a really good point and a really good path of getting into like that 750, the 760 range, which would put you like third as far as 75 and 74 kilos. But he gotta execute his fucking lifts on the platform. 
and I'm mad because I love him. It's it's I'm mad because I care. But like there's just so many meets where it just like it just falls short, doesn't quite hit, and then you get the total that you and then you get the total that you see from him cuz on a good day he could possibly get second here. Yeah, just based off of just gym lifts, he I see his top end is second. Um he has not sent me any money or gifts, so therefore I don't know if I can actually call him second. But yeah, I, I think that's the one person that probably a lot of people are like, if they just give us a brief look over and not talking about, but uh, he is very much in that battle for second or third. I think the person likely that is going to be the favorite going in second right now is uh, Leonardo Sukitra, Angelo pronunciation. Uh, I don't have one. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. That's uh, interesting thing here. I, don't, I Semi- only get French ones. That's it. Because okay. God forbid, interesting. God forbid, you mispronounce a French person's name because their language is easy, easy to speak. They get they apparently they get offended by it. I'm like, you're, you guys have a difficult language to learn. It's not, it's not easy. Some of the shit that is in that language doesn't make sense. It's very similar to English. But continue. I'm gonna go on a lot of anti-French Leonardo. rants. By the way, Just... <laughs> Leonardo from. Australia. That's the, that's, the, that's the country we haven't talked about in a little bit due, yeah. to, uh, due to issues with uh, the political situation there. Um, they took a little longer to get back on the map than the U.S. did in the sense of getting a new IPF affiliate and getting back to Worlds. But we have some Australian lifters. And for people who may not cover or watch powerlifting until recently, Australia was one of kind of like, they were one of the powerhouses mm-hmm. for a while there, like 2016 to 2018, along with uh, the U S and Canada and some other countries, they were one of the top places that were bringing really big lifters. So it's really cool to see them back. Uh, I'll see how long that lasts. Cause I know they're still having issues over there and now they've got a new federation joining in. That's a whole other situation. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. USAPL. Yep. Don't know why we're there, but we're there. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but Leonardo back in December hit a 1620 meet or 1620 total. The thing is, he's been a bit up and down. He he just competed. Uh, where was it? it anyway. He just competed again January. Um, so like, yeah, just like a month after this meet, didn't quite total that. He deadlifted like 30 pounds less, but in the gym, it looked like nothing in the gym. Like his training that he's posting tells me like anything special. It's just kind of looking at it. He his best meets. Like he hit a better squat. He hit 600 pounds squat in January. He only hit 584 in December. I think he benched the same both times, but, uh, in January, he only deadlifted 661 and it wasn't super easy. And then in December, he deadlifted 689. Well, if you put all those together, 1636 probably has one of the higher top ends, but that that's, that's based on the fact that he could hit a 688, 689 deadlift again. If he can't do that, if he's at 661 ish, 666, that literally means like I'd have all five people write it like 600, 1600 pound totals. And I'd have no difference. It would just be based off an execution. And the thing is last year, if, if you remember this class, it was terrible execution. It was basically who did the least bad. And that ended up being Alexander Erickson, who actually did really bad on squats and missed, I think two of his squats, which is his big question mark. Cause I think he did another meet and had some issues with squats again, but then came back on deadlift and outpulled and ended up winning last year. So, yeah, pretty much like it's like after Taylor Atwood, it's like a pretty decent toss up. 
with Leonardo, I have like the same projected total of that 16, like 30 or 16, 36, but like he literally has to hit the deadlift. I'm like, is it theirs or not? I have no idea. Mm -hmm. um, then you have, we also have, we talked a little bit about Paul, whose last name I will not say. Uh, <laughs> that's your job. It's Rumble. But yeah. Just call him Rumble. Oh, yeah. We talked about that. Yeah, Rumble. Um, but at French Nats, he went seven for nine, missed the last squat, missed the last bench. So, he can come back and hit those. We have him at like a six. I have a, like a 16, 24 total. We have some decent people going in for third place. Yakov, I have like, like he went nine for nine December 2021, but then he didn't post anything at all. So yeah, only God knows what he's doing. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much it. It's Taylor's show and then the rest is going to be fun. Well, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. really, it's really like how we're, what we're dealing with in America right now, like the the 74 or the 75 kilo weight class is a Royal rumble of who can get into the top three. And it could be a mixed match of whoever and anyone could be right. This one, I see the same exact thing. I don't think there's a clear second or third here. And this is important get second or third IPF worlds is, is, is definitely something of a high accolade. Um, and I know a lot of these lifters love the opportunity to get that. So it's going to be, uh, jockeying for position, final pulls, who's going to get into the lead here, and I honestly can't confidently say with with many of these lifters who's going to get second or third. I don't think there's really that I'm clear gonna, of a person. I'm going to make a correction. Yakov Ayanen is not competing anymore. Well, there you go. He is not on. That makes everything he is a little not easier. On, he is not on the roster. because I was just about to talk about him, and I was went and looked real quick to see where his nominated total was in comparison to what I had, and he is not on the roster anymore. Breaking so, news. You um, heard it here on Two White Lights first. Yakov Ayanen is not competing at IPF Worlds. That was not information that was presented to us until now. We just broke it for you. So that makes it kind of easier. To me, it's between Leonardo, Paul, and Blake. Yeah. Alex, Xander Erickson, um, he had a not a good meet at uh epf championships um he totaled i think 50 something pounds less than he did at ipf worlds which ipf worlds usually is the harder meet to hit a bigger total um his training doesn't look like it's was trending back up from that either so i, I kind of have on the outside looking in so therefore it kind of comes back to leonardo versus paul versus blake and that's a tough one i i probably have the most confidence in paul hitting lifts because even though the french team we we talked about it the French team does all these max outs in the gym. I don't know if he's the same. Uh, it looked like he's kind of in that same thing. Lots of SBD sessions. They're not going to hit what they do in the gym, but they're pretty consistent that they're going to do like two to half to five kilos under that. And they're going to hit some lifts. They can grind out a lift. I think he's going to be able to hit some lifts. I got big question marks on Leonardo's deadlift. And then Blake, I have question marks on his existence period, let alone powerlifting. So it comes back to my confidence there because I think Leonardo has the, the highest top end. I have Blake as the second highest and then Paul in third, but I have Paul as my most confident that he'd actually hit that. I say Fong Gang wins. What was up? What I say Fong Gang uh, wins. Yeah, Fong Gang. <laughs> yeah, dude's going to come in if total we had a 50 if and we blow had a, the world away. If we had a fantasy draft, that's the guy I would take. That would be my move. Fong Gang? Yeah, the, towards the later end of the thing, he would be my representative for 74 kilos, and I just completely fucking ruin myself in any i think that hurt me last year right then i take like three lifters from sri lanka and i like i tanked in the rankings yeah well that was the 59 i had that issue the 59 kilo class all the sri lankan 59 kilo lifters didn't show up yeah so. i was pissed off about that i picked all of them so 
And any, any last point there, Steve? No, I mean, that's about it. I mean, it comes down to Taylor's going to win it probably on openers or maybe second attempts, depending on how much he's going to push it. And then it's, what do you think between Leonardo, Paul and Blake, which is a toss up. I mean, mm-hmm. any combination of those three, I think is very, very valid. Yeah, Honestly, we might even have some people we're overlooking uh, Clinton Lee, Joshua Wright. Um, I didn't do as much uh, kind of uh, analysis on them, but I mean, they're in that spot where like if they could come in and completely disrupt this whole picture, um, who knows? Yeah, but, Joshua Wright's a great lifter. I mean, they're all that's, that's the thing. They're they're really good lifters within that. After Taylor Atwood, you have some really solid good lifters there, and I I like Paul. I I like Paul for a while. I like what I see out of his training. Um, yeah, you you do have you do have a a lot to pick from there. So, Steve, I guess you can uh, start off with it. Who do you have in your top three? Mm. I've got Taylor first. Very weird moan that you made, but <laughs> well, because I don't know, I still don't know who I want to pick. Okay, I'm glad I made you first then. Okay, Taylor wins. This is great for the editing of podcasts, by the way, too. I'm <laughs> going Blake second, Paul third. I have it, I would have probably less confidence on that pick than any pick I've made for either USAPL run ats or uh, IPF worlds, but Blake. Um, I'm counting on him to make me look good. Um, since we know him, not and a then safe Paul, bet. I just <laughs> not a safe bet. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he uh, also Blake. Blake is my grandson in sense. Yeah, yeah. And it seems right that I have to pick him. He's one of Nori's like model athletes. Uh, if you listen to Garrett Fears King of List podcast, which was one of the best endorsements of John Noriega's coaching. An absolute burial of Blake Barrett. It was one of the greatest <laughs> things I've ever heard. Just completely, I don't just tore apart Blake limb by limb, and it's like, and Nori built him, built this subhuman to be a good lifter, and that was the endorsement of Nori coaching. But yeah, I mean, Blake is kind of like one of the best, like single love that he had to. He really had to work to get to this, and he's an IPF world competitor. He's done it multiple times, which is good to see. I guess I'll give my predictions now. Um, Taylor Atwood, number one. I'm going to have to mirror you, Steve, and go Blake Barrett. I said it's not a safe bet. I am notoriously a bad gambler. You're going to get firsthand glimpse of that when we're in Vegas. And for third, I'm going to go with Leonardo. Okay. I'm not betting on Blake <laughs> after everything <laughs> I've heard. So <laughs> Taylor Atlet first. I'm going Leonardo second. And then Paul for third. All right. There you have it. We got very different predictions after Taylor Atwood, and I like to see it. That's gonna make the viewing experience fantastic. Almost as fantastic as Leflar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, Leflar Bros has the best powerlifting merchandise in the sport. They make you look good from head to toe. Follow them on Instagram to see. Get I actually turn on their post notifications for the drops and also see all the people that are sporting Leflar Bros apparel. The family's growing, the sponsored athletes growing. They have an athlete we're going to talk about very soon competing at IPF Worlds. They get involved in meets, they sponsor meets. They are the best. Use promo code 2WL15. And if that doesn't get any better, you can use promo code ORC15. How do you spell that? Oh, you're on mute. Do your ad read. 
Is it O R C? Oh. Or is it or or we, we need to, we need to have a serious discussion if you can't spell orc. No, is it oracle? It's three letters. No, it's it is okay. I don't know if you put the a in the oracle. It's not. It's a shortened for oracle. Orac. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> it's orc. You. Uh, I well, I assume you never played World of Warcraft. I, mean, I didn't. I didn't. I'm a adult. I didn't do that. <laughs> an adult male. You still watch fake wrestling. I don't watch it. I d- well, all and you're wearing a Chicago Cubs uniform. All wrestling Every is child grows up a Chicago Cubs fan after watching Rookie of the Year until they realize that's the team you only like when you're a kid. I have never heard that before. I have never heard kids grew up watching Rookie of the Year. I thought that was only like sold in the Midwest. I didn't think it got out of the Midwest. But one, all, fake, all wrestling is fake. And I don't watch it anymore. And two, or as, and I don't have a second. Um, we're uh, we're we're deep into this ad read. So Orc fifteen, O R C fifteen, and Solana is it Solana fifteen? Yes, it is. All right, for one hundred ten percent. Buy the dip, Solana. Buy the dip. Use. I actually drank tequila the other day. You're actually yesterday that was called Solana. I almost took a picture and sent it to you. Nice. Yeah. Right. So you need to get some. So we're making margaritas at the pool for. Uh, uh, pool opening and yeah we had Solana tequila yes and what is it what has proven to be the longest ad read in two white lights history use all of our promo codes make three separate purchases also you can get two white lights merchandise as well I'm wearing the dad hat right now we have merchandise still on left Lar bros so go on leftlarbros.com follow my Instagram use all of our promo codes to WL15 orc 15 Solana 15 to save yourself some money and now on to the weight class that I really, really want to talk about, the 83 kilos. I still think, because we're going to get to an episode about this, 82 and a half and 83 kilos is just the best weight class as far as quality lifters go. You are, if you have a 520 dots, you are out of the top 10. In IPF Worlds, we have an excellent battle for number one, but then even for I, I still think lifters could sneak into the second place spot based on what these lifters can do um, if they miss some lifts. And there's some guys that I think that don't get a whole lot of spotlight who can total 800 and above. So you have Delaney Wallace and Tim Monogatti who are the number one and two. Then we have um, Jernis Gengamu. I apologize, uh, Jernis, if I'm mispronouncing your name. He is he's right up there at third. Then we have Emilio Cotti-Cometti. From Italy, Owen Hubbard and ICN and Hodo um, from uh, Hungary. So there's a lot here. There's a lot to talk about. I think we should start off, though, Delaney Wallace and Tim, because these guys have totaled over 800 in their careers before. They are proven on the platform. Delaney Wallace, if you go into last year on Nationals, the conversation started to turn Russ first Delaney, not Russ first Nori. Delaney was proving to be a very strong contender for uh, Russ, and he decided to go to the Powerlifting America route. But his best total was at eight twenty two and a half that he totaled eight twenty two and a half. When you have that, people are going to look. I mean, you were right up there with the best in the world. And then Tim Monagati, who had himself a fantastic tail end of twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two, totaling over eight hundred, um, and then. Uh, just beyond that, it's been good. But whew, 
And then going into it too, powerlifting America, Delaney didn't have the best meet. There was a few mislifts there. The squat was a bit of a grinder. Um, Tim had the same exact total, but it looked a little easier. Like if you're taking stock in the 810, I think Tim goes into this matchup as the favorite, but Delaney has the past experience that would put him ahead. There's a lot to talk about with these two. Um, Solana. What do you think about this matchup, Tim and Delaney Wallace? All right. So let's start with Delaney, right? So we watched his performance together in Austin, Texas. We were literally gathered around the bench together Mm -hmm. (laughs) watching it. And we saw his swap, the grinder, 661, looked way harder than I think it should have looked. And he hit 419, 705. 705 deadlift moved pretty well. 419 bench looked pretty hard, right? And Knowing what happened, just knowing that like he re the refeed process, like he went in weighing a little bit too light, did a refeed, felt really, really too full before he actually started his squats, is what he told me. And I'm like, okay, those are stupid mistakes that like you don't make again. Mm-hmm. Like you understand now how to properly refeed or refuel after you weighed in. So hopefully that will take care of that because he can have a stronger meat for sure. Along with that, I do know what he's been hitting in the gym. He's not posting everything, but he told me all his numbers and he showed me his videos in person. So, you know, I saw him hit like a 690. He had a 691 squat. He had a 440 bench, 713 deadlifts. Those are his best numbers that he's hit so far in training, unless that's changed in the past five days. And so he's his first time doing a big travel. I don't know how that will hit him, but numbers wise, he normally executes pretty well on meet day. Did we have Tim? Tim went in. He has 17.91 total from his last meet, but they definitely, like, the lifts look easier <laughs> than the ladies did, right? So he's got more in the tank there. Um, he's hit some pretty big gym lifts recently. Um, so he definitely, like, it's going to be a really big battle. And I'm not sure which one's going to execute the best on meet day, but... We're going to see. We're going to see. Steve, who are you leaning towards? I'm definitely leaning towards Delaney. I mean, if he doesn't, he has a history of performing well. The The powerlifting American Nationals is a bit more of an outlier in the sense of meat performance. And if you're looking at his attempt selection, like of, of openers and second attempts, um, it, it was leading to something around like an 820 to 830 total is what I think they had in mind based off of what those attempts were leading to. Um and whether that was like an all out 820 to 830, or they thought that was going to be an easy 820 to 830, I don't know. Either way, it was leading to about 820 or 830, which is about where I had him pegged at for that and where I think he's pegged at for about right now. If he can go 820 to 830 and execute, I don't think Tim has that quite yet. Um, Tim hasn't really posted much since his meet in April. Um, and he's done a couple of meets recently. I think he competed maybe like in January, they competed again in April. And he's making some incremental progress, but not enough to where, like, I think I would say he has with travel 820 to 830. Um, where Delaney, I think his top ends 830. So I would be confident thinking he could do 820, which is about 81810 um, with the travel, um, as well as Delaney's kind of a lifter. I mean, both of them are kind of in this to an extent. Delaney doesn't have question marks on his lifts. Like he, he's just kind of, he's kind of more on the side, like we're talking 83. So he's more on the side of like a Russ versus a Sean. Tim has one big thing that he cannot replicate in a meet very well. And that's his bench press. 
he does a very big sink and heave and in the gym his butt comes up and his pauses are not the standard and once he gets to a meet um he's doing significantly less on bench press um i think he hit something i, I might be wrong on this i think he hit something like 424 to 430 in the gym but then only got 402 at the meet and it was decently hard um so that's my that's the one thing with tim is the fact that we see these big gym lists and if i projected solely off a of gym list i think i would say 820 to 830 but we've seen consistently that at least uh bench in particular hasn't quite uh translated in the same manner he uh, occasionally cuts his squats a little bit high in training too that's one thing i've noticed with him like I'm like yeah that squat looked a little high then in the meet you could see it just bury a little bit more but he kind of loses some of that top end strength uh, also Tim had, with, with that being said though, with, and I agree with you, what I saw in the gym with his bench press in particular, a much higher bench press in the gym, but he was a guy who was very similar to me where the bench press just wasn't there. And that was it's still a big squat and deadlift kept him within that conversation of the, the top five in the world. Um, but the, I think the thing that's really set on part is an increase in dead, uh, his bench press. His bench press is looking really good right now, and I still I think the the four hundred that he hit is is promising. Um, that could put you in a really tight battle with uh, Delaney. And uh, if I'm gonna be honest, this is now I, I know he probably expressed to you Solano like what was going on with his meat. If I'm gonna be honest, I think he was lackadaisical going to Powerlifting America. It didn't seem like he had that competitive edge, and the reason why is because he didn't have competition. We only had the conversation. I'm like, you don't seem that zoned in right now, and you're competing tomorrow. And he really didn't have a reason to be. And hell, he's still total eight ten. So this is a meet where he's going to be zoned in. He's going to be focused. He's going to be in a competition that he knows he can't mess up. And he's going to have a lot of people that he's going to be there competing with that are going to push him. And that's when you get the best Delaney Wallace. Delaney Wallace is a gamer. He's a competitor. Um. He's he's right up there with Russ as far as like just that that killer instinct type of competitor. I got firsthand experience at at nationals last year, and he's incredible on meet day. And he's only been in competitions where the competition was high. Um, it's not a whole lot of local meets from him. It's nationals, which he killed it at 2019 nationals. His big break, or what should have been his breakout meet, was the Arnold in 2020, and that was a really competitive meet. He won the 83s at, at that meet. And he got, I think, second overall. Then you have a uh, the big splash at na- nationals. So I think he is his best when he is competing with other people, and that's why I'm way more confident, Delaney. And if he's not posting anything, you guys are gonna get like a awesome edited video in about five days of him hitting like a seven eleven dead uh, squat or something, right? Like that's that's kind of the that's kind of his mo. Doesn't post what? anything. Doesn't post anything. Awesome edited video. Five days before competition. Do I need to do a soundbite real quick of like doubting him so he can use it for his posts? Yeah, do it. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. He, he uses for... yeah. Should we do that? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> let me do it real quick. Let me get, let me get, in, let me get into my, my, yeah, my get, character. Get into it. You're doing a face thing, which is good. Yeah. It's... So, yeah, looking at, looking at Delaney Wallace, I mean, coming off of PA Nats, I had high expectations. And with that type of performance, I'm just not fully trusting his capability to bring the full package to worlds. And so because of that, I'm going to have to go with Tim, Mon- Tim Monogatti as my favorite. Perfect. Scene. You nailed it. Nailed it. You nailed that one. That's very good. Hopefully uh, tag us in that Delaney. Um, because apparently we're not your favorite podcast anymore. I don't know what the fuck happened. Um, 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, I that's what I see from Delaney and Tim. Awesome battle there. But I'm going to go further onto this. Um, the guy who I'm really looking at is Jernis. Jernis, if, if you guys have watched his lifts, they look fantastic. And I think he's definitely capable of totaling over 800. This is important because if you total third in, or if you get third in 83 kilos, that's something to really hold your head high about. It is the most, it is one of the most competitive weight classes from top to bottom in the world. And if you get third in that, that means you are one of the best overall lifters in the world. Um, and, uh, uh, Jernis is, Jernis is there. He, I, I know, I think the goal for him for a long time was a total 800. I think this is the meet where he can do it. I like his training. I like where it's at. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident with him. And if, if Tim or Delaney have a bad meet, this is where it becomes a little bit important because you can put yourself in the position to get a little bit better than you thought. Um, you might have to play defense if that's the case. Um, if you're totaling over 800, it's not like Delaney and Tim are these Russ or he types where their range is always going to be 830 to 840. It's going to be, I think, 820 to 830, but you can see a drop-off there with like 810 or something. So if you have yourself a bad meet, then someone with an 807 total or 805 total can actually get that second place spot. Um, uh, Emilio Cometti, good lifter, seemingly just doesn't execute. A lot of people... A lot of people are high on him. I'm actually, he's the Italian lifter that I'm not high on because I don't know what the fuck his problem is. I give him a goddamn request to follow him and he won't accept it. Like, yo, what the fuck? (laughs) I'm trying to follow my fellow 83 Italian who apparently has a monster deadlift and he won't let me see shit. So I don't know what your problem is, Emilio. Uh, So I like, I don't see it. I I, I don't see why I can't get into the. uh, the, He let me, he he accepted mine and put me on close friends. Yeah, probably. Right. (laughs) I was, I, I don't know. I'm like uh, everyone, like, cause he's a, he's a great lifter. Um, I just, I can't see anything of his training cause he won't allow me to follow him. He made yeah, some I mean, weird his, deadlift attempts. And that yeah, last his, he, he his attempt selection. Yeah. It's not good. If you're about to talk about his attempt selection, it's not good. It's not good at all. <laughs> so that's, that was my biggest issue with him. Cause he, he, he yeah, he's hit 744. I believe in a meet, but yeah, his attempt selection is a bit, a bit weird to where like, if he put it all together, him and Jurens are pretty even keel. I just, I just trust Jurens a bit more in the sense of attempt selection and meet day performance based off of what I can see. And the fact that Emilio is, uh, is uh private. So can't really tell what's going on. And if you want to accept Angelo, who's the resident clout King of two white lights, then obviously I'm not getting accepted. So yeah, I'll try I follow every Italian powerlifter almost like just down the line. And, you know, obviously things are good, but like Emilio, like I think one time he just kept on denying me <laughs> for, I'm like, okay, there must be a mistake here. There's, he should accept it. Right. I'm, I'm asking to follow him. If he doesn't follow me back, it's fine. Just won't let me fucking follow him. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm befuddled by it. Um, so I, I yeah, I will, But from the Italians, from the Italian lifters, they are really high on his deadlift. He's got a he's got a fucking pull on. Actually, you look at him. I guess all Italians. I guess all Italians are the same as far as their lifts go. Good squat and deadlift. Bench press is a little lame. Who's pulling more, Emilio or Ina? Uh, it's not even fucking close. Ina is pulling eight hundred at this goddamn meet. Ina is 
Ina's the Ina's the puller. You look at him, he's the puller. He he pulls. He has a body designed for pulling and definitely not for benching. But he's got a body for pulling. I, he's I think it's only a matter of time where he puts the record so out of reach that it doesn't become a thing that some of us are looking at to like hit because he's he's that proportioned where he can do something that's just so just so out of our, our ballpark consistently that we're not even looking at it. Like, might as well go for total, not the deadlift record. Yeah, and I've, I've got him on here for no – he I he's not going to be top three in large part because of his squat and his bench, but I just have him simply on here because he may walk away with almost more attention because of his possible deadlift than the winner of this weight class will get if God. he does what he's capable of. He just hit – because he just hit 780 something, 81, yeah, 82. Yeah, just hit 782 in the gym. Everything looks I, that's a, his range is his range is 771 800. Um, I know it. I but I think IPF Worlds last year was a really weird situation. He was hurt, but like Hungary was in this weird situation. I think where he couldn't train regularly and consistently, or at least that's what I think. I'm not going to be definitive on that, but like. When, I remember when he pulled 771, I'm like, well, he's a better deadlifter than me. It's just he, he marked my record, and I looked at him like, I I don't know if I can beat him on the deadlift. So just I'll concede that and worry about the total and just having a big deadlift in America because internationally, um, Eno right now is, is, is figured out that leverage as well um, to make his deadlift insanity. Anyone else? If we're uh, gonna talk about big deadlifts, we gotta talk about big bench press. We got Owen Hubbard. Oh, yeah. uh, he hit four seventy four as last meet for bench press, and so if he just even matches that, he's ahead. I mean, he'll be ahead by of Delaney by at least like fifteen kilos <laughs> on that bench press. I don't know if it was two thousand seventeen or two thousand eighteen. He had a nice little uh, bench battle with Brett Gibbs for the uh, world record, mm-hmm. um, going back and forth of that. Yeah, huge bencher, um, huge arch. He missed his second and third squat at British Nationals. Um, I didn't really see much that would tell me that like training has really been trending to the point where I think he's going to be in the realm of like Urens and Emilio. But I think Owen has the most international experience here because he's competed. He, he was a, a perennial top five, 83 kilo lifter for a very long time now, dating back to, I, I want to say 2016 or 17. Cause that was always, it was John Hack and Brett Gibbs and then, third was Owen and that was Russ and Brett Gibbs. And then it was Owen. So Owen's been around for a while. Um, good to see him back at worlds, but I, I see him kind of on the outside looking in, but if he can put together a solid meet and just hit his lifts, and then we're seeing some other people miss, um, he would be my one person on the outside looking in that can kind of sneak into that top three area. Yeah. And I know, I mean, he could, it's just that squat did not go well. Sorry, go ahead. No, you can, you can keep going. If his, first... I was going to say like, um, he had the five nine squat, like he said, he missed the last two, and he went for six seventeen. So I don't know, like I didn't see much in training with the squat, but like if he even can squeak out like six eleven, and then someone misses, he could definitely be third place. Yeah, I I think also I've seen something with his weight class as well. Like I think some of the nominated totals it might be a little bit lower, where you can see some people getting into the high sevens and challenging. So I know worldwide eighty threes are very strong. I know some of the steam is lost because I, the world's best is in America um, at Russ, but this is also the thing. We're competing on the same day. If if you think we're not thinking about this, we are, especially Delaney. And I don't I know Delaney a little bit closely or more 
closely than I know Tim, obviously. I've never spoken to Tim ever. But um, you have yourself a good day based on what we've seen from Russ about maybe 840 might not be there on the given day. You can walk away being the world's best 83 kilos on this day, and there might not be a debate. I mean, you're, you're going to have to take maybe a deflated total, but Delaney's in the same ballpark as Russ and Nori. Tim's in, I think, I, I think getting to the same ballpark as Russ and Nori. I mean, Delaney was in that conversation last year. So this is huge. Um, and like I said, we're going we're gonna to know. We're going to think about those numbers when we're on the platform at night because I think they're competing in the morning. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be something that we're all looking at here, and I I don't think the winner of IPF Worlds is that far off from calling themselves the best in the world, um, depending on what Russ does. Now, if some if Russ totals eight fifty or Sean Noriega totals eight fifty, then I'll concede to change my opinion. But um, I think they're within striking distance. So I guess I'll start unless we have anything else to add here with the predictions. Now let's do it. All right, I am going with my boy Delaney Wallace, number one for sure. I think he's got it. Tim Magadi second, and Jernis third. Solana or Steve? No, Solana. Okay, Solana. It, it's Solana. <laughs> I'm trying to be consistent. All right, I don't even know who went first last time. Um, first, I'm going with Delaney because I really think, think he he executes well on meet day. I think he'll have a good meet. Tim Managati second, and then. I'm gonna give Oban Huber third place. That one, that one's I think gonna be a reach for you, but I hope you're right. It is someone missing. <laughs> this is dependent on people missing. Okay. And him not missing. <laughs> All right. How about you, Steve? All right. Delaney, Tim, Jurens. I'm gonna mirror what Angela said. All right. So very excited to see the 83s. Of course, I'm excited to see it, but I think the next weight class, the entire powerlifting world is excited to see. This is one of the best weight class battles we've seen in recent memory. And also you get an added element here. They're posting their training. And all their training looks fantastic. Like, they all look so good. And this is a true battle for one. And then, of course, if it's a true battle for one, it's going to be a definite true battle of two and three. Um, There's a lot of jockeying going on. This is the weight class two where... I think I have my clear front. I mean, I actually, I think I might be wrong in saying I have a clear front one in one and two because I don't know if I do. But going into it, you have to put Jonathan Keiko in the conversation to win it because that's all he does is win. That's all he does is battle, and that's all he does is win battles. He's has, I mean, that's that's his reputation at this point. He's an assassin. He has a big hit list. And... But but then when it gets there, like he's battling with Gustav, which who we battled with last year. He just battled with Chance. He battled with Gavin last year, and now you have Emil and Sasha thrown in the mix as well. Whew, I'm excited about this one. I I cannot wait to see all of these gentlemen compete. Steve, what do you think? So. We thought we were going to have a big battle at 76 women's, and I said I don't think we're going to. We said we, there's been hype about the 66 kilo men's class. I said I don't think there's going to be a big battle. 93, there's a battle. Yeah. And that one's legit. I, I legitimately, I mean, I, if there is four people that if someone said was going to win, I think there could be an argument being made. 
I will say, I'm not going to say who, because we'll talk about it now and get into it. I came in with preconceived notions of who I thought was going to win. And I changed my mind based off of really analyzing the training and analyzing all the information. And I think the person that you already said it has to be the favorite coming in has to be Jonathan Keiko. Mm -hmm. Um, The fact of the matter is, is not only is he had the best total in the world of all these lifters, he's beaten all of them head to head, every single one of them, every single one of them beats head to head. He goes nine for nine. He is a gamer. It's not about, uh, will Jonathan Keiko lose because he won't lose. You have to beat him because he's not going to miss a lift. That's what I mean by that. Like he's not going to probably falter and he's not going to screw up to where he's going to like let the door open. And all of a sudden someone can, can beat him because he fa- he doesn't hit what he's capable of today. I fully expect Keiko to come in and do exactly what he's capable of. He always does. The only thing I'll say with that, he's kind of been around the same area for a while. He made some really, really good progress in the bunker. Um, and then he came out of that bunker, hit that big like 890 something total at a local meet. And then he's kind of just been around this like 880 to 890 total ever since at nationals, at IPF Worlds, at uh, Powerlifting American Nationals. I mean, all of these, he's had to go all out. And at every single one, it's 880-ish to 890. Looking at his training, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I don't, I don't see anything that tells me he's got more than that necessarily like he hasn't done anything since powerlifting american nationals that says he's going 900 this time he looks like he's probably going to do 880 to 890 and i think that's probably a lot about a for sure bet like if there's any for sure bets in this weight class it's jonathan keiko is going to go like 880 something because he's going to hit his lifts um we have seen some issues with travel with him but i think to an extent those were somewhat fluky um the the nationals one was definitely fluky um that was some weird issue with travel and cancellations and stuff like that. I don't know the full situation last year, but I know that some type of travel and weight cut affected him to an extent to where he wasn't like truly hundred percent. But again, 880 to 890. I think you can, you can pin and, and mark down Jonathan Keiko as a sure bet for that. How about you, Solano? Yeah. I mean, you said everything I want to say about, Keiko, can I talk about someone else? Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. So I want to dive into Chance Mitchell because we saw them battle out at PNAT, and obviously Keiko walked away with the win. And looking at Chance's training, it's going excellent. And then Steve noted all this in his notes. Like, he's already in South Africa. <laughs> Not in South Africa yet. He's, he's in, Dubai, in the right? same time zone, though. Is he in, he's oh. in Dubai. Okay. He's in Dubai um, right now. Okay. Okay. So he's already traveling really early, which is a big indicator of just like how serious he's taking it. And like the fact that he's there with that time change and he's already dealt with some travel and then hitting big numbers. Like in the gym, he had six, seven, eight squat. It was all out. He had an eight for two dead. It was definitely all out. And he had a 435 bench. And they were all all out numbers, but like his training is going super, super well. So just like you said, Steve, like Keiko doesn't miss, but can Chance pull it out and hit all of his lifts? Yeah. So of all of these people, the most recent rapid progress has been Chance. Um, a couple things like one, I mean, this is kind of inside. I mean, I talked, I was just on his podcast. So even before the podcast, we were talking about some of his training and stuff and this isn't really secret. He shares all of it. Um, bench didn't go well 
at PA Nats. They've changed it, and it's been a lot more consistent. And like you said, he hit 435, even if he doesn't hit 435, to go like 424 instead of 407 would be a pretty big jump. If he had hit 424 at PA Nats, he would have been in the picture to possibly pull for the win over Keiko. It would have been a viable thing. Um, or at least to be kind of closer bench was really what killed them there. Bench is going a lot better. And from what I know, they're benching now six days a week and at least kind of the fatigue management and how the fluctuations in strength are, it's lining up a lot better. They're very confident. Things are going to be good. Um, two, he cuts the least from what I know of all these people, at least the, the ones that I think like Gavin Aiden and Jonathan chance doesn't really weigh that much over 93 kilos. Three. Even before we saw him in Dubai on his Instagram story, I knew he was getting there two weeks early because he talked about that on his podcast with Matt Gary that I listened to, that he was going to get there two weeks early. He's spending a week in Dubai, which is only an hour time difference, and then he's traveling to South Africa. And then four, he's already in Dubai. And like two days after making that travel, he hit 644 for two at 8 RPE on squat. Five. He had issues actually going into PA Nats on his deadlift. Um, we saw these massive deadlifts from him, and about two weeks out, he just like I'm, I'm I'm exaggerating this, but he forgot how to deadlift. Like his technique got got all off. It was just he didn't feel right. It wasn't good. Um, now it's firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. I really like where chances. I'm also going to straight up say it. I am confident in saying I don't think anyone in this class wants this more than chance and has spent more time. It may, that, that's a hard subjective thing to say, but I don't think it's subjective to say has put more time in than chance. Chance has been doing this a long time. And the goal has always been world champion. Um, I know Gavin wants it. I'm sure Keiko is still hungry. I'm sure Gustav wants it. Um, maybe it's just personal bias. Cause I know chance, but seeing him in the time he's been trying to get here, I don't know if there's too many people in the world that would want a world championship more than chance, let alone just this weight class. I see a lot of what Jonathan Keiko was when he was on that path to get to worlds. Um, and you saw the emotions when he ended up winning and when he competed at nationals, you saw all of that. I think right now we're seeing that from chance. I think we're seeing one of the hungriest competitors in the world right now. And someone who has built something that is the best momentum, I think, currently in powerlifting. I know it's a thing that you can't even really measure that well, but I think the momentum that Chance has built since Raw Nationals last year till now has been the best in powerlifting. I, I, we did the preview last year for Raw Nationals. I mean, it's essentially the same battle, right? Keiko, Gavin, and Chance. That's, I mean, remove mm-hmm. Connor Borker. That's, you know, the people that we were really talking about. Chance since then has gotten to another level, which I know he is capable of. He's one of the hardest working dudes in powerlifting, if not the hardest working dude in powerlifting. But this progress has been unbelievable, especially his best lift, the deadlift. This progress on his best lift to expand or to extend how good he is on that single lift to what we see now is remarkable. I am in awe of it. Um, he annoys that fuck out of me sometimes. But in many ways, he's a role model to me. Like, he's an inspiration to me. He's a guy who had that good lift, and now he's worked on squat and bench to get himself into an opportunity to dethrone one of the best power lifters in the world. 
Um, and that's, that's something I inspire to. And it's amazing to see. Um, I've, and this is what's making this battle that more impressive. You have an additional guy. Cause I think initially we were all looking at the Jonathan Keiko first Gavin Aiden rematch that we saw at nationals, which was amazing. That was the best battle of nationals that year was Keiko and Gavin. Um, but chance has thrown his hat into the ring and he's looked so damn good where it, it just adds to this embarrassment of riches within this weight class. You want to talk about Gavin really quick? Yeah, yes, I, I mean, my <laughs> my main note on Gavin is if this was in the U.S. and there was no weight cuts, I think he has the highest ceiling. Yeah. I think he might have the highest ceiling. My, my, I have two worries with Gavin. And then some things that I think are better with him, too. My two worries is, one, we do know he cuts a lot of weight. And uh, I don't know the full situation of Worlds last year, but the travel didn't go well. He did not have a very good meet last year. And I, I don't know how much the weight cut uh, played into that. I know, I think he did, I did hear him talk about how the fact of like just being in Sweden and not having his normal food and not knowing what to do there was a bit tough. So I worry on that end. Um, he also isn't posting much bench and deadlift. I know deadlift is kind of like his, his nemesis on the, of the three lifts and it doesn't come as naturally to him. And it, it kind of worries me to an extent that he doesn't post as much of his deadlift with that being said, though, one of the things I like a lot from him that I'm saying he's hitting squat PRs all over the place, but he's hitting squat PRs to death. The, the depth on him uh, in training in particular has been a bit of a question mark. He's even a question mark last year at nationals. Um, I don't think depth is a question on those anymore. He's hitting those. And he also tends to get a really good peek into the meat, even with a weight cut. So I think he could squat something insane. Like I said, if we were just going straight up, no travel, no weight cuts, and I'm I'm picking between all these people, I I think Gavin might have the highest ceiling. I just have a couple question marks in the sense of how that weight cut and travel is going to affect them, um, as well as really just kind of where his bench and his deadlift are at this point. Solana, your takes on Gavin Aiden? Yeah, very similar to Steve's. Like, I think he has a huge ceiling. And from what I heard about that meet when he went to IPF, it was just what you're saying, like, really bad weight cut, like, didn't have the right food, wasn't prepared, couldn't find a sauna, running around trying to look for one, like, just not prepared at all. So I am hoping these are things that he has fixed, like working with nutrition coach, because he mentioned he had to cut a lot of weights. I don't know what his weight is right now. I'm hoping that it's a little bit less of a cut. But with all that said, I I just can't trust him to like fully put it together on meet day with the way things went at the last IPF meets. Mm-hmm. Like he's got a huge ceiling, huge potential. Um, I just don't, I don't trust him to execute with all the traveling. Well, and then really also, also with USVI too, let's bring that up. He missed weight. So that's, that, that's my, that's a big concern for me as well. Um, I, but I mean, but that meat, everything looked good. Like everything, as far as lifting goes, looked really good from him. That's why I'm, I'm more confident with that. And I think, you know, you, you, you experience it twice, third time, you should really nail it down. So I'm confident with him having a really good performance at nationals or at uh, IPF Worlds. I apologize. Um, I 
I, I think, though, if you take momentum, so from Nationals last year till now, you know, Hans Mitchell, I think, has surpassed him on the um, on the momentum end, on the adding on to that total, on getting into a point where you're uh, challenging Jonathan Keiko. I think since we haven't really seen that Gavin and we need a repeat performance that we saw from last year's Nationals from Gavin if he wants a chance to be Keiko and Chance. And really, then we got to go into international lifters. Gustav was right there head-to-head with Jonathan Keiko as well. So that's let's talk about Gustav now. Um, wh- what have you been seeing from Steve uh, in this battle? So Gustav is one of the few European lifters who doesn't max out all the time. Um I'm going to say maybe that's why he's very, very good um, and consistent. Um, but from his training, it's, it's a, unless he posted something within the last like three or four days, um, I haven't seen anything that would be that I, I could give a really good projection off of training. What we can say is like he competed and hit a PR total, I believe in December, and then competed again in March. But the numbers he hit were a bit different. And kind of if you just, if like, if you just combine all the numbers he hit, it would be like a 1923 total, which is fantastic. I mean, that's, that's going to be challenging again. Like I, I have almost all these lifters in this 1920 to 1950 range, and it's about hitting lifts and maybe be able to do more. I mean, the big thing there is like uh, Gustav almost pulled something out of nowhere last year. Like, I think we, we all saw him load. I forget the exact number, but we saw him load up something crazy on deadlift. Didn't really think that was a viable thing. And then almost actually hit it. So my, the biggest question mark with Gustav is what is that top end of deadlift? But my bigger question mark is he's got to travel. Um, he got to do that last year in Sweden. Um, he did Swedish nationals. He did EPF championships, which were in Sweden. Um, he has to travel this time. He doesn't get home court advantage. So that right there gives me that, like, I don't quite think he has the top end of chance Keiko and Gavin. And so if you're adding in the fact that his top end has continually been seen with no travel, I, that's my biggest question mark there and where I have trouble having him in the conversation, at least to win it, because I don't know how that travel is going to affect him. And it's not like he was even having to travel in the slightest before. He was literally in his home country. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a massive advantage. Yep. Solana, and he takes on uh, Gustav. Yeah, again, um, somewhere to Steve, like he, I don't know what that deadlift can be because when I was watching Rolls last year, I was like, this deadlift's not going to move. And I was like, oh my God, he might take it. And then he didn't. But <laughs> so I'm definitely wondering where that's going to be at. Um, also, never having to really travel. Um, when, I saw, when I saw the numbers he hit from March, I did the same thing with Steve because that Steve did because like the numbers were so different. I was like, okay, I'll just like, guess I'll take the average. So I have my like 1923 to 1928 total, which is a solid total to be in the fight, not necessarily maybe for first place, but to battle it out for the podium, a podium spot. And then also I was looking at Sasha Sendbach. Send, uh, Sendbach. Jeez. Sendbach. Wow. Sendbach. I like pray to God you guys go first with the name so I can go in after. <laughs> but anyway, also, I'm Sasha. just throwing accents onto shit. That might not be true. I just I just do it with more confidence. I could be way off. Okay. So what what 
made me curious about Sasha. So he competed in September. It didn't go well. But the meet before that, he had 19.02 total. And when I'm looking at his numbers in the gym, I don't see any squat PRs. And also, I don't know if you notice this, Steve, like, he'll say, like, a number that's a certain RPE. And, like, it looks so much harder than that. Like, I feel like his gauge for RPE is so, like, inconsistent that I don't know if he can really execute did yeah. you notice that? Yeah, well, this is, yeah, this is, for, I think, the case. For Sasha or Emil? Sasha. I didn't know that for Sasha. I noticed that for Emil. I can't. That was my personal take. I I think that's my thing with a lot of IPF lifters. From I don't know what it is. I don't know what the uh, the trend is. But I often, when they see the, when I see the RP, I'm like, hmm. Maybe RP is a little different in Europe. I don't know. That's uh, it's, it's what I see a lot. Uh, it's strange uh, to, to both come to that conclusion. Um, how about, all right, so how about Sasha and uh, Emil? Do you, do you think they're that? So do you see them in the same position as Keiko, Gustav, Gavin, and Chance? Steve? Sasha, maybe. My biggest thing there is he hit this massive, like, 830 deadlift at – in at a home meet in Germany, conventional, and has yet to do that again. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's tried it, hasn't done it. If he doesn't do that, he can't be anywhere near it because he, of anyone, he's definitely by far the most specialist type lifter in this. Because um, even though Chance has a big deadlift, Chance also has a pretty big squat. Um, Sasha has a decent bench, but he really, really relies on that deadlift. And if I'm taking the fact that like, it, I, I, yeah, I, that one's going to be tough to predict. And Emil, I don't quite think has the top end. Um, if I'm, I'm going to mirror what uh, Solana said about Sasha, I said this last year about Emil. Uh, Emil hits some really good training numbers and he says it at RPE. And I don't think it's at that RPE. And based off of that, I predicted his numbers last year. And I was about darn near spot on because he could not hit what like the RPE would entail. He hit more what like what I thought the RPE was. Um, He says eight, I would say nine. And so based off of that, he definitely has made progress from last year, though. Um, I I don't want to say he's completely out of the running. But the fact is that when you've got Keiko, Gustav, Gavin and Chance, I don't think Emil's going to be able to break in. Enough of them are going to have bad meets to break in. And then Sasha, he would really have to rely on a couple of people having bad meets. And I don't see Keiko, Gustav, Gavin, and Chance all having bad meets. I mean, the fact of the matter is, especially if we're looking at Chance and Keiko, um, they're pretty much perennial game day lifters. They do well. Gustav is in that too. Like Gustav hits lifts. Gavin has had some ups and downs, but generally hits lifts. So I just, I, I really see them as the strong four, top four. I, I think it would take a lot for Sasha and Emil to, to hop into that. I guess when you have to start relying on four people having bad meets, that's like, you're going to be a little bit far because I mean, I, I, I agree with you, Steve. I'm fully confident that three of them are, are going to have good meets because that's what they do. They have good meets. That's their reputation. Um, that's their history. And I, I, you can't be in a position where it's like your pull is going to get you to third because Keiko, Gustav, Gavin, and Chance had a bad meet. Like that's, that's a hard game to play, but again, you're in most competitive weight class. 
it's, it's definitely the most top heavy competitive weight class in IPF worlds. So, yeah. Um, I want to think of things that'll piss off Chance Mitchell so I can get a story post made about us. Is there anything in particular we can say? Well, I don't know about story. Do I do I need to get back in character? Yeah, dude. uh, dude, So spot like I I know. Yeah, hopefully he's listening to all of it. But okay, let me let me get back in character and troll him. Okay, do it. Okay. Yeah, see with chance. I mean, he hit that nineteen thirty total, but I mean, we talked about it on two white lights. That eight forty four was questionable. We don't know if that was up and down. And the fact of the matter is, if he's going in and it comes down to crunch time, he's a Falcons fan. 28 to 3, he's blowing the lead. <laughs> that was nice. Scene. 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 All right. I, Ch- Chance, I love you. Yeah. I love you. You know what? Yeah, that's that's good. I let, No, that was really but, good. But, that was really but good. But there's, your, ch- there, there's your piss chance off thing. Yeah, okay. Because I saw today he just went fucking off on his story. I'm like, well, all right. Well, we got to top that if we want to piss off Chance. Um, sh- shall we roll into them? Shall we roll into predictions? Because I'm probably going to still yeah. keep talking uh, about these lifters as we go. All right. So I'll f- go first because I think I'm most confident in my top three. Okay. I've got, I've, I've solidly got my, well, you can pick two. I mean, you can say who goes first, but I've, I've got my top three for sure. You go I know. first. I've got it. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Like I said, I went in assuming I was going to pick Keiko for the simple reason that you've got to beat Keiko to be the champ. I'm going with chance though. I think he's got it. Um, I think I I'm very confident both chance and Keiko can go nine for nine, but I think chance has the higher top end right now. And I like the fact that he doesn't have to cut as much and he's already there. Um, and it only solidifies my opinion, even more the fact that he's training really well there too. With that being said, I got Keiko in second and then third, I'm going Gavin. And the reason I'm going Gavin is because I don't, of the main four, Jonathan, Gustav, Gavin, and Chance, I don't think Gustav can win. I can make an argument that Chance, Gavin, or Keiko could win. So it would behoove me to not put Gavin in the top three when I legitimately could see a situation that he could possibly win. It's just somehow like everything is just perfect for him. We're all wrong about the travel and the weight cut. His deadlift is going well and he's just hiding it. I, I could see him winning. So therefore I-, I can't not have him in my top three, knowing that I think he has the top end to potentially win it. If it's just like the most perfect day ever. Okay. That's uh that's good insight on that. Guess I'll go next. <sighs> Number one and two is going to be very difficult for me. Jonathan Keiko is the most battle-tested powerlifter in the world. He has never been in a competition where he didn't have to battle, aside from a local meet. Everything that he does is hard, and he comes out on top. But then you have Chance. The thing with Chance is, I think if you load something on the bar, he will just not let himself drop it. There might be a potential for up-and-down movement, but he will not drop the damn thing because he is on this killer instinct mentality for the longest time now. And this competition I think is going to be um, a very good portrayal of that. I think if I'm just going to look at well-rounded lifters and also just lifters that I can trust to win something is Jonathan Keiko. 
I don't want to be on the wrong side of history picking against Jonathan Keiko after he's beat all these lifters, some on multiple occasions. So I'm going to have to put him number one. Cans Mitchell, number two, and it's really deciding, like, my two favorite lifters right now. I'm a kind of guy who switches between favorite lifters quite a bit. Keiko has been my favorite lifter ever since um, uh, 2019, or, or a little bit after, actually, 2020. Uh, and Cans Mitchell, even though we disagree on a lot of shit, um, and I'm going to – he downright annoys me sometimes. Just fucking – when we get into arguments, I'm like – God damn, you know how to fucking push my buttons, but I will be lying to say he's not one of my favorite lifters right now, if not my favorite lifter right now, because of what he's done recently and what he's done throughout his career. He gives me hope. I want to be what he is currently. Um, and picking between those two is it's difficult. And three, I'm going to put Gavin Aiden because I want to see three Americans in top three. And I think Gavin can definitely do it. Now, Gavin is representing the Virgin Islands, which if you're an American representing the Virgin Islands, you are an American in my book. So I'm going to put a me- another medal, hopefully, towards America. Um, and, all, I mean, but Gavin, I think people forgot how good of a lifter Gavin was after Nationals. I think people were really high on him after Nationals in 2021. People forgot, and I think this meet is going to remind people how good he is. Um, it's not going to be easy. Gustav is a gamer. He's 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 a guy that I can rely on to hit lifts and get himself in the top three. But I uh, wanted to give it to my guy, Gavin. Solana, how about you? All right. My number one is going to be Jonathan Keiko. Um, he has to get beat first before I bet against him. He's very consistent. He gets his lifts. And even though I fully believe Chance has the strength to beat Jonathan, he also has even more technical lifts, just like the deadlift. He pulls sumo. It's a little more technical, right? You saw a little bit up and down at PA Nats. There's potential. I, I fully agree with you, Angela. Like, he won't let it go, but he might not get the lift. Yeah, he will pull so. until until next year. It, it, yeah. if, it can't, if, it can't, if it comes down to a deadlift, he will pull it into next year. Like, I I, I want to see it, too. I want to see him actually load something on the bar and try to pull it for a win. And just, even if it's I, I, just even if it's out of his realm, just keep fighting with it until lockout. I know. I fun one to watch. But, yeah, so Chance is my second, and then... I'm giving Gustav third place because I can count on him to go to international meets and put weights on the bar and hit him. And even though I do believe Gavin is really freaking strong, and I really do think if you make the same mistake three times, like just go home and stop trying, give up, put go the ball away, like go become like a Starbucks manager. I don't care, just stop. Um, honest to God, if he messes that up again, but I just gonna go with the person who has gone to international meets and done well and that's gustav yep safe bet i would say gustav and an even more safe bet steve is obsidian ammonia smelling salts ladies and gentlemen go to hypedust.com and get yourself some obsidian ammonia smelling salts use promo code 
to WL15 and get yourself some smelling salts that'll knock you into next week. They have different scents. They have different, actually, like tools and equipment on how to get the smelling salt because there's an art to it. Steve explained the methodology of smelling salt, but there is an art to taking a smelling salt right so you don't take a full-ass whiff and then cry and then not be able to see the bar on the platform like I did in 2020 Arnold. Um, I took a smelling salt whiff so hard that I started to tear up and cry and I couldn't see the bar. So make sure you're actually looking at that stuff, but Obsidian got you covered. Use promo code 2WL15. Go to HypeDust.com. They got merchandise as well. Buy it also. When you guys see them at powerlifting meets, buy the smelling salts. Buy one for yourself. Buy one for the gym. Get yourself some obsidian. They're going to be a lot of meats because they give back to the sport. That's why I love them. That's why we love HypeDust.com. And 105 kilo weight class, a weight class that I've always loved. The 93s and 105s, they have the bigger boys. They got the big, angry, heavy hitters. And they have the lifts that I think everyone in the world, not just in the sport of powerlifting, can always respect because of how heavy they lift. So, we got Emil Norling, Corentin Clement, and Mikey Davis. Yeah, this one's a bit more just like it's pretty – like I shouldn't say pretty simple. We, I, we aren't going to probably talk about as much, but Abdul uh, Suleiman from Great Britain. He could have an outside shot if someone slips up and doesn't have a good meet. But for the most part, it's kind of just looking at Emil versus Quarantine versus Mikey. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's battle for the top three. And it's close. Um, Emil currently coming in with the best total. Again, though, he hasn't had to travel. He did Sweden uh, at IPF Worlds last year, and then he did EPF Championships, which I believe is Sweden again, and then he did the Swedish Championship. He's done a lot of Sweden meets. I want to see him travel. Uh, quarantine, uh, very young lifter, um, arguably the best junior, uh, 105 kilo lifter in the entire world. Incredibly, incredibly strong. Um, and then we got Mikey Davis. Um, Mikey PA Nats didn't quite have the meat he was wanting, which really came down to deadlift grip. And I, I, I don't, I expect that to not be an issue because that was kind of a one-off thing. That was never something he struggled with before. I know he's working on training. I don't think that's going to be an issue. So I think he can easily correct that. And if he does, I've literally got all three of these, like right at uh, competitors, like right at a 2000 pound total. So it's kind of a toss up and it kind of comes back to like, what do you think can happen on the day? And maybe it's bias because we're probably going to have some us bias because one we know the people or two we have more information we've seen quarantine and emil do well on an international stage they've done well haven't seen him travel this distance though haven't seen mikey either and i think he does cut a lot but mikey i trust to hit lifts like he's a perennial nine for nine guy outside of pa nats with the odd grip issue he's perennial nine for nine guy where he just always hits his list and i trust that the only thing is emil is just a powerhouse doesn't doesn't post a lot but with the posts he's made i don't know if i saw a whole bunch over what he did at his best meet in december like he squatted 748 and it was good but it didn't really have much much in the tank and his best lift in a meet 755 so i just just didn't see anything that was saying he had well over his meat stuff and then quarantine the only lift I'm seeing in the gym that I'm saying he definitely has more is squat. He had a little bit of an issue for a little bit on deadlift. Um, 
I think he tried to change his technique a little bit. Maybe, maybe there's an injury. I think it was more technical change and his deadlift kind of regressed a bit, but it's gotten back. But yeah, that's kind of, that, that's kind of my breakdown on all three of them. It, it, it's really a toss up and it comes down to kind of who you think is going to execute. 100%. Like, but just like you said about Mikey's meat, he has a big deadlift. He just needs to hit it at this competition. And besides PA and Nats, he typically hits his lifts. So when I look at that, I'm definitely thinking Mikey could have a really strong meet and take it. But of course, Emil, his last meet was a, in March, was a down meet. Didn't do so great. Had 1984 total. Um, but before that, he had <laughs> a better meet. And also, he just hit a 749 squat. I would say it was like RPE 9. So I don't think he's really, really getting momentum to see like bigger numbers for the squat that, than what we've seen before. Um, and then even for his other lifts, like I saw a 451 bench, it looked like it was pretty much all out. So yeah, like it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. And I think Mikey can really, I think he can be the one to take it. Definitely bias. Let's so. Yeah. And for those who don't know with Emil, I mean, the, 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 the big thing with him was he got second to, Maybe he got third. No, quarantine got third last year. Emil got second to Anatoly. Then they both went to EPF championships and Emil beat him. And that was huge. Like that, that was not really expected. And that's where he hit that 2023 total, but he hasn't quite been able to match that since. And obviously, since we're not talking about him, if you didn't know, Anatoly is not competing. He's from Ukraine. And because of the situation, um, I don't know if He's still kind of training, but I think he's kind of training in his basement and, and probably for the situation too. I don't know if he's allowed to travel. So I think he's also actually in the Ukrainian army. Um, but yeah. Is he not on the roster at all? Is that confirmed? Because Anatoly? Thought... Yeah, Anatoly. Oh yeah, Anatoly is confirmed 100% out. Okay, so he's not on the roster? No. Okay. No. All right, because I was getting some different uh, information about that. Uh, yeah, this is a interesting little weight class because I think if you look at it quick on paper from potentially a bias situation, Mikey Davis and Emilia at the top there. Um, and I think we're we're still waiting for Mikey Davis again to on form where he was in 2019, where he got second at 105s and looked like he was on trajectory of being the best 105 kilo lifter in the world. Um, injuries, I think, really halted that and if you look at the numbers it's just so hard to pick against Emil because you're saying a down meet at 19 or was it 1994 that he was able to hit? 1984 1984 that he was able to hit I, I still think that's a pretty safe range of total to win this weight class with a down meet so I think you always have to expect lifters to be on their a game if his down meet is that, then his A game, I think, surpasses them. I think Mikey Davis, he's on the right path of getting back from that injury. That was a big injury that he had. It was a tough injury, too, that actually takes a, a lot of confidence away from you as a lifter. Um, because it happened at a meet, during a lift. So whenever you're lifting, you could kind of, you, you're always, that's always going to be in the back of your mind. If he goes nine for nine at this meet and puts together a fantastic total, I think he could go 2K. I think he has it within him. He can definitely challenge Emil, and that will be a huge step in the right direction. Even if he goes nine, nine for nine and goes something like 1980, that'll be a huge meet for him. I, I think 
you're still in this battle, but if you see it getting starting to get away from you, um, one deadlifts roll around, then I would take that nine for nine and walk away with a solid moral victory and you know your solid total. Uh, Quarantin, um, he's goddamn, he's like the French wheeze, isn't he? Young ass lifter, uh, kind of swaggy. And that, he's got that is total. not nice to say about him. <laughs> I think you'll like it. He seems to be a wheeze enjoyer. Coco. I think, yeah, I think Coco enjoyed the comparison. Um, squat depth with him in training. I don't like it. How about you guys? I don't either, but, but he, he hits... did a lot better at last year's Nur- Worlds than I thought he would. Yeah, exactly. I thought, so that's, that's my thing. I thought he was going to, I thought he was going to struggle at Worlds and he did not So therefore that's where I have trouble saying that's that much of an issue because he performed amazing at worlds last year. And I thought he was going to have some issues due to that squat depth and some other things. Yeah. I was that I, he was a guy I'm like, Ooh, I think you're potentially overshooting a little bit. I think you're reaching for numbers that just aren't there and you got to start hitting to a comp standard. And then worlds rolls around and quarantine was able to really have a fantastic meet. So I, I, I don't know. It's one of those weird things where I was, worried i was um a, a little bit hesitant last year and really going into all of his meets i was a bit hesitant because i don't know what you're gonna get or you're gonna see something like when people cut their squats high in training they know it and then they dip their um attempts down a lot um i could see a solid meet from him but i find i'm finding it very hard to pick against uh emil right now yeah, I mean, my biggest thing there is like, well, here's what I'll ask you. What do you think Mikey can deadlift? 782. So if he hits 782, that matches Emil's last meet. If you take Mikey's numbers from PA Nats and add 782, um, it's who travels better because neither travel. Neither ever had to travel. I'm looking at Emil. He's never had to go anywhere that was going to be a big deal. I don't know who has to cut more. I do believe Mikey has to cut a decent amount. Looking at Emil, I have to think he, I mean, the dude's I massive. When I, you get I, into I, 105s, I don't know. I just don't know anymore. Like if they, if they cut or not, like I can't, I can't look at a guy and be like, oh, you're a 105 kilo lifter right on the dot. Right. You can be 105 to 120. And I would have no idea the difference. I think it's because that they're that much bigger than me. The one thing Emil has hits deadlifts. He's never, at least from what I can see, the, the at least an open power lifting where it'll show all the lifts. I don't see any missed third deadlifts. That's impressive. And he's a good, and he's a conventional puller. So less, and he's got a bigger pull than Mikey. I, I think Mikey could feasibly get close to 800, but Emil has gone over 800 multiple times and has deadlifted 827. So that's where, if you got to put something in the bar, I think, Emil probably has, or Emil has, or whatever, however you say his name. Yeah, I think um, it's Emil. I've been pronouncing like a fucking idiot. The Emil. Time. I think it's Emil. No uh, he's going to have the last chance to deadlift, and he has typically been very consistent with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Solana, closing takes, because I think with this weight class, we're pretty short as far as who, who we have to anal- uh, give analysis to. Yeah, not much. Um, Emil, very consistent. Mikey, 
when you were asking about like what the what these last dealt with being, I had them down for like 800 to 804. You're saying 782. It just depends. I really don't know how much she's cutting. And it's just so much, you know, like, man, I, I'm I'm still going back into my mind of he tore his adductor at Warcat. His return meet was Power of the America and his next meet is IPF Worlds. That's difficult. That's not an easy thing to do. I think just like recovering, like, oh, boom, you're able to hit 800 now. Like, if you can take those, I'll bet you put them over 780. I, I would say more 790, but still, like, that is great progress from what was going on in 2021. You know, like, it's just, it's a difficult situation to be in. And as far as us, like, trying to predict something, it, it's hard to really – it's hard to fully and within full confidence say that, yeah, he's going to be the best he's ever been in spite of getting only two meets back from a torn adductor. Like, I think that's that's a, that's that's a, that's a hard take. That's very fair. Um, and then with quarantine, we just – I just saw him hit a 738 squat, RPE 10, 782 – dead RPE 10 and then 441 bench press. So if he comes in, hits something like those numbers, I have him like a 1975 total. So really I would say Mikey should be able to beat him if he gets all of his lifts, but we are talking a lot about how he hasn't had lots of meats underneath his belt since he has had the bad injury. So he, I think he's the most up in the air for competition day. What do you think? Like who's the most, like you're not sure what they're going to actually total. Quarantine for me. Quarantine, yeah. Claymo. Claymo is uh, – he's young, too. That's another thing. He's as young, and there's not a whole lot of – like, just a whole lot to gather. I mean, he posts a lot, but he's that typical French lifter where everything looks like it's about to kill him. And he hits it, and he's he's an incredibly strong lifter, uh, but I he's a hard person to judge. Mikey, I actually don't think he's up in the air. I think what we're seeing on his – what's going on with his training is, is it is a lot of positive signs. And I think we could actually predict a good total from him. Um, I, I think it's all out in the, I think it's all out in the open for Mikey. He cuts a lot. He hasn't traveled, but you, you see what he's capable of and you saw what he was capable of in the past. Um, I think I judging him based on power of the America nationals is also just, it's a diff, it's a very difficult thing because just it, a weird meet too. He's also bring that up. Just a weird meet where it was just half competitive, half not competitive meet. So when you're not fully in it and not trying to maybe hit PRs and trying to sandbag a few things, that is not um, the best meet to judge a lifter off of unless they were in a battle. Like Keiko and Chance, that's where we get to judge. So, yeah. Um... All right, prediction time. Mm-hmm. Who Let's starts? Go. Who starts? Zamino or Solana? I think it's Solana actually. Yeah, Solana. I think it's me. All right, I'm going first place. Emil Norling. I'm going. I'm gonna give Mikey second place. I'm gonna give Corinton Clement third. All right, I think I'm up next though because I know Steve went first last time. I. I'm going to go Emil Norling, and I really hate it because I love Mikey Davis. Um, I think 
his day of IPF world champion is coming, though. Um, and I think he's going to establish himself again as one of the best lifters in the world. Um, I think he just just a little bit more time to really recover from that injury and get to a point where he is um, he's gonna be he's gonna be challenging. Uh, I mean, he is gonna still challenge. He's gonna be in the fight, but to be up there as far as IPF world champions go, I think his day is coming. Um, so Emil, Mikey Davis too, and Corentin Clément. So I, I really think it's a toss up between Mikey and Emil. And I, I just really am confident in Mikey putting it together this meet. I mean, he, he should have put it together at PA Nats and he just had one little weird thing. And I don't think that's going to be an issue anymore. So I'm going Mikey first. I, I think it'd be close. I mean, I, I, I think I have a, I, I have more confidence in Mikey going nine for nine than Emil going nine for nine. I think Emil could miss a squat or a bench because he has done that in the past where Mikey really doesn't miss squat or benches. So I'm going Mikey first, Emil second, Quarantine and third. All right. Well, there you have it. 105 kilo weight class. We are giving previews for IPF worlds and stoic gear is IPF approved. Ladies and gentlemen, if you look at the backdrop, you're going to see the stoic logo, go to lift.net and get yourself some stoic gear. Use promo code Angelo 10 to get the best quality gear in powerlifting. I wear it in the gym and on the platform because it is the best. I love the singlets, the knee sleeves, the wrist wraps. You're going to see me wear them all at Mega Nationals. You're going to see Chance Mitchell wear it too at IPF Worlds. Use promo code Angelo10. Go to lift.net. It is the most affordable as well. It's bang for your buck. And if you use that promo code Angelo10, you can save more money. Go to lift.net and get yourself some stoic gear. And now to the 120 kilo weight class. Now we're talking about some real big angry heavy hitters. And the top nominated total, Eric Willis. But then just behind him, Big Chief Enrique Lugo. So I don't think it's that exciting for first. Why not? Eric Willis. Eric Willis, uh, that nominated total is from when he was a super heavyweight. Um, okay. I think everyone still thought he's coming down because you got Jesus. So why try to beat Jesus? He came down and I think everyone, including Enrique, talked about it on the podcast yeah. with Two White Lights about Eric being one. Eric just competed at CPU Nats and he totaled, I think, like 1,800 and went like five for nine or something. Uh... It wasn't good. Okay. It was, it was real. It was not good. Let, let me look it up to be sure that I'm saying it, but it was like, it was, yeah. Mrs. Third squat, Mrs. Third bench, missed two deadlifts, totaled 829, 1829. And he still wasn't even at weight yet. He was, uh, 14 pounds over the weight class. All right. Well, so barring he was injured and he didn't say that he just simply said that it was a terrible meet. I don't necessarily from that. I don't really see him actually in the picture. So, I think it's kind of then Enrique's to win barring he messes up. And then from there, we have a really good battle between Bryce, Matus, Carl, auntie and Nicholas for that second and third spot. Yeah. I think with, yeah, I didn't, I actually did not know that with Eric Willis. I think 
Do you, so would you put so would you put anyone really challenging for a first spot there? How 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 what is the range between Big Chief and the field? Fifty to sixty pounds. Yep, that's exactly what I have. Fifty to sixty pounds. Yep. All right. How, what is, I what mean, is Bryce the one that, up in this the, then? The one that I thought was going to be the closest was Bryce Krawcheck, but I think he's got something wrong with his bench. I think he's got a shoulder issue. He only benched 374 um, at uh, uh, CP Nats. So, uh, what do you say? I was saying May 9th, like it was really recent. Oh, okay. Um, it, was, it was part of like a highlight video. I think he's gone on his YouTube and he just posted it. I didn't get a chance to watch it, but it didn't look easy. And he was stating some things in his post that bench was a little off. But I mean, 374 was a pretty drastic difference from the 430 um, that he's done before. So like if we split the difference and, and Bryce goes like 400, um, it's not super close. And I, I, I mean, Bryce's training looks like it's going decent. I just don't, I don't see anything based off of his CPU meet. And then his training that says like, he's hitting something significantly over what he's done before. So like, I, I think Bryce is very much in the running for second. I, ju I just don't see anyone that is going to challenge Enrique if Enrique comes in solid. And it looks like everything says that he's going to, because his training looks right on point. This is the best big chief I've ever seen. I will say that I know Nationals last year was a horrible meet for him, um, and he was, I think, dealing with a lot of back injuries. And since then, he has been dialed in, has looked really good, and nothing is really an indicator that he's slowing down at all. Um, he's, uh, yeah, he's up there, and I think this weight class is a little bit with the absence of Dennis um who who was who has the world record total i think you're getting the the aftermath of it as someone building into the weight class um big chief might be that guy he might be the next guy to do it and it'll be fantastic you know a fellow left bros teammate in there uh and i like what i'm i i really like what i'm seeing out of him um do we have any other information on Matiush? I mean, Matus does compete in March, and he went nine for nine, and he PR'd his bench and his deadlift. Um, his squat dropped down a little bit. I don't know if he was just playing a conservative. Um, and I did not. Did you find his Instagram, Seek? I did not find nope. that Instagram. Nope. Okay, cool. So yeah, he's probably <laughs> he's probably on what's that one? Uh, VK. Yeah, we've, we've been told a lot of these uh, Eastern, Eastern Europeans are on VK, which is like the 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 Europe the Eastern European Facebook. Oh, that's stupid. <laughs> okay so they're over there anywho so that's the only information i have on him but yeah i have him totally maybe like 1979 because he has such a good meet and then he's definitely battling big with carl because carl also had excellent meets he competed in april pr'd all of his lifts and they did not even look like they were like rp10 at that meet um he dealt his 771 two weeks ago and it moved really really well he hit 627 for a triple at like an eight. That was like two weeks ago. He's not posting like big singles, um, but I have him totaling around 1974, and I have Matus totaling like 1979, just based off of what I'm seeing. All right. Yeah, I mean, the one who I saw that's at least that we can see on Instagram, because again, we can't see it on Instagram. We have no information. 
This is not the NFL where there is scouts and TV cameras and we see everything. We can only go by off of what we see on Instagram. And that is the only information we have. Carl Somerset has the most momentum of all these people battling for second. His training looks like it's going really, really well. He had this best meet ever since then. Uh, he hit, uh, he said it was a big PR squat and training at 627 for three. It was like an eight and a half RPE. He deadlifted 771. Everything about it was telling me that his training is continuing to trend really well since that March meet. And so for that reason, simply, I, I probably have him at my favorite for second because don't have any extra information on Matus. Um, Nicolas Peroud, Peroud from France, um, just competed at French nationals, but nine for nine, but typical French fashion, like all out grinders. Um, I, I, and from his training, I don't see anything necessarily that tells me like, he's going to all of a sudden put 40 to 50 pounds on his total. Like that's like, if he could probably hit that again, that would be pretty solid considering it's IPF worlds. Um, and then, uh, auntie Krakula, I didn't find this. Instagram, but uh, Solana did, so she has a little bit more information on him. Yeah, so he posted today in the SPD session. He hit 738 squat, a 512 bench, and a 695 deadlift. They all looked pretty hard, um, but that was literally today. So going based off of that, I'm like, okay, if you can get close to that and hit that same squat, maybe put the bench down a little bit, and then maybe like a 700 pound deadlift having like 1945. Yeah. I think the, the, the battle there for third is going to be uh, quite interesting. Um, if you, uh, and I guess you would have to put second in there as well. Um, Nicola Peron, um, good lifter. I he competes. Uh, how recently was that meet too? The French meet March. March? Okay. I think you could put something on that total since. I mean, in spite of them being all-out grinders, um, still believe you can get something in there. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, just based on familiarity, like Carl, that we actually seen something from him, works. And then also Bryce. I mean, Bryce is one. I mean, uh, I think of all these lifters, I think I'm most familiar with Big Chief and Bryce. Um, so I think I'm a little bit more confident putting in that my podium position there. I have Bryce solidly. Yeah, it was the bench again. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, is if, it if I be had, okay? if if I knew that was okay, I would solidly put Bryce in second. That's just my biggest question mark. There is is his bench going to be okay? Because that's the biggest. Because he he's going to have the final pull, and we know he he comes in clutch there too. And he's, I fully expect him to be able to load what he needs on the bar. I just don't know if that's going to be to pull in the second. I think that's going to be to pull in the third base off of the bench. Mm-hmm. And that's what I pretty much got him as. So, I mean, I've, I, 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 then it comes down to, for me, Matus versus Carl for that second spot. And one of them's going to miss and one of them's going to hit. And I think I'm playing out my head. One of them's going to make their third attempt and they're going to get second. One of them's going to miss. And then Bryce is going to pull over them into third. And then their rounds out our top three. And again, just from being able to see the training and the fact that he just had a perfect meet at Norwegian nationals. I, I like Carl for that second spot. All right. It's the fact that we can see Carl's nice. 
So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, it's we'll hard say to that pick, a lot. When uh, we get... Yeah, if we pick Matiush, it's based on open powerlifting, right? Like it's yeah, it's it's um, I, that's why I've always like doing USAPL preview shows as opposed to IPF, just because I know the lifters and I've seen them compete or I called their compete competitions. I haven't really seen uh, Matiush at all in my career. Actually, this is the first time I'm really seeing his name. Just when it was popped up on a Google sheet, I'm like. Okay, cool. Strong ass lifter, that's for damn sure. But um, don't know really how he stacks up. Um, who goes first as far as traditions goes? And me? I'll go because I already said it. Enrique yeah. first, Carl Summerseth second, Bryce Krawcheck third. Okay, I'll go Enrique, Big Chief Lugo first. I'm going to go Carl, Carl second. And yeah, I will put Bryce Krawcheck as my third as well. Okay, so I'm literally going to do this just because I can't have the same exact prediction. <laughs> or I don't want to. Um, okay, we're going Enrique first. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Bryce, and let's pray to God his shoulder just magically heals in two weeks, and then Carl. All right. There right. you have it. Now we got our super heavies. So whenever we're talking about super heavies, Jesus Oliveras has got to take the front-running storyline. He is well, well, well within reach of Ray Williams' all-time world record in the test division. Jesus, it doesn't matter if he might not get pushed right now and nominated totals. He's comfortably ahead of a lot of lifters, but it does not matter to him because he's going to want to put a number up that is closing in or closing in on the best total of all time, tested or untested. It doesn't matter what it is. Jesus has a goal for it, and he wants to surpass it. Um, really, if we're talking about battles, it's going to be second to third. I'm just going to say it. I would have really liked Eric Willis to be in this weight class. It would have added to the actual battle here and – I think it's just easier coming in the weight you're more comfortable in as opposed to cutting down to 120. So that would probably have added to this weight class because um, we have Sank Kosek um, within there and uh, Jari uh, Sario, which I don't have a whole lot of information on. Um, and after that, Steve Ringutz and Giacomo Bifaro. Yeah. I mean, Jesus is taking this. I mean, if I was doing confidence ratings, I think I might be more confident he's going to win this class than anyone. If we had a draft, an actual draft where we had a snake draft, he would be my first overall pick. I don't know if he'd be my first overall pick. Why wouldn't he? Do you not remember fantasy last year? I don't. It was a while ago. Okay. One of the things we learned in our fantasy draft last year is people in weight classes where there aren't very many competitors are not worth as much as guaranteed in big weight classes. Because remember people lost because if someone bombs out in a 26 lifter class, you literally lose versus in the heavyweight class where there's only 11 lifters. uh, The winner is not as valuable as uh, like Taylor Atwood in a 16 lifter class. I'm about to say he's my pick. <laughs> you can take easy. You, you all can do that, but y'all, well, Solana didn't play. Angelo had no strategy other than picking Italian lifters. Um, the people who are in the fantasy draft last year who are listening will mirror what I said that we all learned the most, uh, the, the number one picks 
have to be the people that are guaranteed to win in the largest and deepest weight classes in fantasy. Uh, to be fair, but did I pick Keiko back, number one? I, I think I did. What pick, you say? I think I picked Keiko number one though. Did I or Amanda Lawrence? Some, something of that nature. But I don't remember. Yeah. All right, go on. Okay, whatever it is. But yes, Jesus is going to win this. The question mark is like, like you said, not does he win, and not even by how much. It's what can he do total wise in comparison to the best ever? Because that's his goals. Now, I, I think it. I have zero doubt he could have beat race total at PA Nats if the attempt selection was a little bit different. He had more on squat. He seemingly had like thirty pounds more on deadlifts. Uh, it's just a matter of time. He is he's going to squat over a thousand pounds. He's going to deadlift over nine hundred pounds. It's going to probably bench over 600 pounds eventually. Um, just a matter of time. It's, is it this meat? And I, I, I think even talking to him in, in group chat, like there, he understands there's a question mark. The fact that like the big guys get affected more by travel than anyone else. They live a different life. Big the um, super heavies live a different. It's like, it's a completely different sport and experience for them. So could he go in and put up the most amazing total ever? Yeah, I, I think he could, but we could also see him maybe not have as good of a meet and it wouldn't be because of anything other than the fact that like, it's just really tough to travel because he's going to require more food. He's going to require more hydration. We saw what happened to Ray when he got a little bit of a stomach bug um, and lost like 20 pounds. Um, the fact of the matter is if you're a 47 kilo female, 20 pounds is for a 400 pound male is more like, uh, losing four to five pounds. And yes, will that affect you? Yes, but it's not as extreme as it's going to be for a 400 plus pound man. Um, so I, I think he very well probably can easily go over 2,400. I think that's very doable. It's the question. Does he go over 12, uh, 52 because that's the goal, uh, that 11, 12.5 total, which is to beat Ray. Um, I think he very much has the strength to do it. I think he easily has the strength to go like 1120 ish. It's a matter of does the travel affect him from there? The, the, the person that has the highest potential is sink Cossack. Undoubtedly zero question. He's totaled over 2,100 before, but, uh, Angela, do you remember the craziness of sink Cossack last year? I don't remember. He almost bombed out oh, yeah, twice, yeah. I think. Okay, I think he, almost, he almost yeah, bombed out on deadlift, and he almost bombed out on squat. Okay, IPF Worlds is a blur to me because all of, like the competition happened during work, and that's when I f- moved to Houston. I remember that. It was like the first yeah. week of me moving to Houston, and I really couldn't. And uh, if you guys don't know, I'm a teacher, so I actually have to pay attention to my job. Like, I can't. Uh, lose my focus and just watch powerlifting. I just remember all of IPF Worlds. Yeah, the fucking school I taught at. Um, the I remember just when IPF Worlds was up. I like I couldn't keep up to date with literally anything, and I had to try to make graphics on my lunch break just to update the Jonathan Keiko one. Like I was getting updates the entire day, and I was like looking at like these long ass text threads of the group chat we had with the fantasy draft, and I couldn't read any of them throughout the day. So sync. Well, I, I missed that we can't do. Fa- we're not doing fantasy. Our fantasy thing this year. Hopefully, we'll do it again next year. Just it's too much this year with USAPL and IPF being the same week. We just don't have time. Um, but when sync was going, that group chat was blowing up because he was favored to win by a ton. Like it wasn't supposed to even close, and he just kept missing lifts. 
Um, and he's done it. He did it again at his most recent meet. He was just kind of missing lifts. If he hits his lifts, he's gone over 2,100. He has a massive deadlift. His kind of issue, I think, I think is squat depth. And then his deadlift has been kind of iffy based off of a back injury that's off and on. Now he's coming up a weight class because obviously he was 120 kilo before when he hit that 2,100 kilo total, he was at the super heavyweights. So the potential's there. He, he very much has the ability to like lock in second and no one else is even close. It's just, he's just had so many question marks based off of that performance last year. And then his performance in February. Um, and if he doesn't uptick from what he did in February, uh, Yari Sario and Steve Ringut are right there, like right there. They're all around that 2000 pound total mark. Um, now Yari had a private account, couldn't really see much of what he did. So I'm basically competed in March. So I'm basically projecting him just to repeat that total. Um, Steve Ringut though, his actual nominated total is really low. It looked like maybe he sandbagged that because he had totaled 2000 back in the day. I, I I didn't see any videos of it, but it looked like he just sandbagged it. And that wasn't like a real competition because his lists in the gym are great. Um, like at that meet, he is 683 on squat, but he just doubled 705 on squat, like a, like a nine RPE. Um, so he, he, de- that definitely was a sandbag meet. Like I've got him able to go probably like 725, 40 and 740, put him at a 2000 pound total. That puts him again, right there with sink and Yari. Um, I just have sink is likely has the biggest top end. It just, does he execute? And then since I can't see Yari, I bias towards Steve because that SBD day he posted looked really, really good. Yeah. Um, I think a big question mark with Yari too is like his bench press. I don't know if you noticed, but like he went, he did a great job at March. Um, at Nats, he missed the 429 bench. But in 2017, it seemed like he was doing like 457 bench. And like now it's more like 429 and he like never got back to those numbers. So his bench has kind of just like been dropping for a bit. Um, also, I know he does single ply as well. So I don't know how much that will affect why his numbers are kind of like up and down sometimes. But mm-hmm. yeah, I remember looking at him yeah. too. Like, I mean, he's, he's been competing for a while and competing at the international stage for a while. He's kind of had the same numbers for a while. So and he again, competes don't... a lot. Like he well, that's five Euro- times last year. Well, that's Europe. I mean, <laughs> Europeans, you crazy, you crazy, crazy people sometimes compete a lot. I heard as one person competing seven times in two months. Jesus Christ. Yeah, okay, that's just bizarre. So, um, so since the account's private and since he hasn't added anything really to his total in the last like four years, I, I mean, I'm just going to assume he's going to be right at the same spot. So I like the momentum a bit more of Steve. But I, I mean, if I'm going to take the fact like sink is a big wild card, sink could get fourth or he could get second. Um, based I, off of the fact I like, of, like him his, though, his because potential. at super heavyweight, I just like him within that weight class. I feel like you get, well, I do too. I have more, if he was, if he was at 120, I would not have very much confidence. Him at super heavyweight gives me more confidence that he's going to be able to come in here and, and probably lock in second place. Yeah. Yep. So. You want to go? Agree. You want to go through the predictions then? Oh, we, we can at least mention. There's one more. Oh God, Giacomo Bifaro. Giacomo, Giacomo oh, Bifaro. Come on. <laughs> Did you make that up? No, I just fucking Italian. That's no, really I got that one. <laughs> I have like three relatives named Giacomo. Okay, cool. Well, you know, he's. I don't see him taking second or even. Th- well, if someone misses, he could take third place. Uh, he competed in April. All lists were definitely full on max attempts. 
Yeah, fuck it. I'm he putting missed... I'm putting him third on mine. I'm putting Giacomo third. Well, boom, there you yeah. go. Uh, he missed the five or seven bench. Um, so I just say he matches the, the lifts from his April meets that puts him at 1973 total. Um, which is close to what I have Yari at. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't have, yeah. Don't have a ton of information on him. Um, in spite of him being Italian, I think he's a guy that posts that much, but, uh, yeah, I'll just put him third because might as well. Throw an Italian into the mix. Uh, any medals we can get would be great. But, um, yeah, I'm going to put uh, – I guess we'll go through predictions now. I'll put Sink as my second, definitely. I, I do – I don't know. I, I, I like him in this weight class, I'm, and I know he he has some monster lifts on him, just uh, executing him on meet day and just not being as erratic. But I think, you know, without worrying about a weight cut, you're less erratic when you don't have to worry about that. And, of course, Jesus Oliveras – I mean, hard to predict, right? What he's gonna do? That's a that's a, one of the. Th- I mean, of course, I think the goal is Ray Williams, and at the very least, but uh, he's gonna be, I think, looking to wipe that record clean. And, oh yeah, I just want to by how much. Like that's what I'm excited for. Yeah, I, and that's... Steve, you predicted his squat at 997. You don't think he's gonna swell over a thousand pounds? Really? No, I don't. I don't. Like, there's so many variables here. I don't, I, of course, he wants to go over a thousand. Maybe he'll go right at a thousand, but I don't, I, I know the total is what he cares more about. Flex will, yeah, I think Flex will call, or they will call those numbers accordingly. Cause the, the total's more the milestone, not the squat. Yeah. Cause if he squats a thousand, that's an awesome milestone, but. I, I think I can say this. I think I'm confident in saying Jesus would say he doesn't care about squatting a thousand if he doesn't. It, like it doesn't really mean as much unless he's hitting the twenty fifty two plus total. Yeah, or twenty four fifty two plus total. But did you see the nine ninety two squat up here? Nuts. No one did. Okay, it wasn't like RP seven. Well, okay, cool. Never mind. Well, I agree, <laughs> but we're factoring in travel. Also, and we're can we in... can we f- we should factor in the fact that it's still a thousand pounds. I mean, Jesus can miss a nine twenty squat one day because it's nine hundred twenty pounds. It's a different thing. Like you're still playing with fire there. If you could walk away with an RP eight squat and groove it well, and then you know add, if you just keep on adding like tonnage to a 992 pound squat it's difficult like nothing's I, I think in that range nothing's really easy i mean i honestly again this is a speculation i could see him not forcing anything on squat and then just seeing come deadlift and just loading up deadlift for whatever he needs yeah well he did have the the, the bar rolling on him a little bit for last year's nationals but it seems like he clearly figured that out where it's where it was raised ball game with like with the squat Jesus is like the deadlift god. Oh, I'm fascinated. Like I've never seen a super heavyweight deadlift so well. It's just like I thought they couldn't do that. <laughs> I thought all of them couldn't do that, and he can. Well, the crazy thing is, I, I I'll still argue to this day. One of the most impressive things about Ray wasn't his squat; it was, it was his, his deadlift. Yeah, he's dead. Um, because yes, Ray has the greatest squat of all time. But the fact of the matter is, is the only reason he could total that is because of his deadlift. And I, I mean. I didn't know if I'd, we'd ever see another person that could do that because there's only like two super heavyweights really that have 
that kind of deadlift and squat ever. And it's been Dan Bell and Ray and Jesus is the first one since to be able to seemingly pull what he does at that body weight and squat that much. Cause you see like sink Cossack. Squat 661, deadlift 860. Usually you don't have both as a super heavyweight. Well, he was 120, um, the guys but he was also 120 for such a long time too. So it's like he's not he's not the super heavyweight that Ray and Jesus are, where they're just so much yeah. bigger than everyone else. Um, that's where it gets crazy. I mean, I, random thing. Jesus, I, I think he, I, I could see him possibly doing this, is eventually going uh, to an untested meet to face off with like Dan Bell. Give him a deadlift bar. You think it's possible? Hey, Zeus goes a thousand thousand. That's so hard. Uh, I eventually, I, well, eventually. Yeah. Cause he has got youth on his side. Cause people forget that he's still like 22 years old. Um, I think, I think that's just a really difficult thing with the deadlift bar. I think it'll help him to an extent, but a thousand pounds, like, Definitely, I actually think I, I'm, I'm. He's going a thousand plus, I think, with that squat bar. Um, but the deadlift bar and just what he needs to add on to it, the thousand is going to be really difficult. I don't know if the squat bar helps him. It helps Jesus. I don't think I it don't, helps Ray. It does help Jesus because I, no, I, I, I think it. Ray, I think it helps. No, I would think it would help Ray, but I know it wouldn't help. Or I think it would help Jesus. I know it wouldn't help Ray. I don't know okay. what Jesus' thoughts yeah. are on the squat bar, but I know that Ray, Ray would not like benefit yeah. from it as much as people think. Why? Yeah. Well, have you ever no- well, we talked about this on the podcast before. Have you ever noticed how Ray squats and uses the whip to his advantage? He he, he actually kind of he tempos it and then all of a sudden he drops fast. And if you watch it, the whip carries him up, and that's why he gets out of the hole so fast and gets stuck about halfway up. He says on the podcast, right? We actually see that uh, Russ or he gets the same thing. He actually gets the same, whatever he, that's why all his biggest squats are on like pound plates or commercial gyms. He'll go hit like 765 at a commercial gym and then hit like 730 in the gym. Still impressive on kilos, but Russ gets the same thing where he gets a little bit of whip out of the bottom. Uh, Cause that momentum actually kind of carries you if you time it correctly. Interesting. Yeah. You talk, talk about it with Ray. I didn't know about Russ either, but yeah, I think Jesus and that's my squats. But that's Jesus. But think... if you look at Jesus' squat, it's not really like that. I just think he'll get better with that control with the with the squat bar. Um and but... I should notate, I'm not saying Russ does it on purpose. That's my theory. Cause I I don't think he disagree with the fact that like he squats more whenever he does these like commercial gym bars, and I think that's the reason why. Yeah. I would agree with you on that. Solana, did you give you your predictions? No. I don't think any of us have. No one did, I did. right? I definitely did. <laughs> I all did. you said was uh, Giacomo in third. That's Giacomo, all you said. Giacomo, I said definitely sink, and then I went, no, I went to Jesus. Oh, you okay. didn't say that. Okay, okay. Okay. Fucking liars. All right. All right. I got <laughs> Jesus. I got Jesus, sink, and then Steve Ringoot. Cool. Okay. Um, I'll just switch your fine. Jesus, of course, but... Steve Ringoots and then Sink. I think Sink should do well, but let's just see it happen as he comes up and wait. All right. Well, IPF World's previews is over and done with. We're done. The finish line is here. Um, we are going to have one last episode to give our last minute takes or last minute thoughts on both these meets, Mega Nationals and IPF. It's almost going to be like a mega episode. Hopefully not as long. Let's try to keep these episodes under two hours, but 
like we started the this coverage about three weeks prior to the meets actually taking place. So we're going to give you one more final episode to bring you into um, Mega Nationals and IPF Worlds. So we'll see you guys next week. Peace.